What's up, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, America's favorite podcast. It's Controlled Chaos, episode number 36. Zach Woolley, as always, joined by my esteemed colleague, the man himself, Owen Kiska. Owen, how are we doing on this fine Sunday evening? Oh, I like that intro. I feel I feel special right now. Steam uh, guest, man. You're my yeah, esteemed yeah. co-host. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, a little scary out here in Austin. Scary hours, but um, I've just been hunkered down in the dorm all day. I'm chilling. Big vibing so, on the forty acres after yeah. a wacky weekend all the way around in sports. A lot of stuff to get in. First, you got to start with music. Leading off, Young Stoner Life YSL Slime Language, the second album. Uh, drops uh, a lot of big features. Travis Scott feature, Drake feature, Kid Cudi, Big Sean. I mean, it was a who's who of names. So on paper, it should be a good album, right, Owen? Yeah, on paper, it looks great. But how how did it turn out for you? Oh my god, uh, it was it was very mid in my mind. And there were like some songs I tried to listen to the whole thing front to back, and there were honestly some songs on it that I just couldn't finish. And I know that's not like exactly what you should do with a. Uh, with a compilation album just because it's not meant to be listened to that way but uh there were so many features on this song just people like i don't understand why he let them on the album like god i'm trying to think ytb trench i cannot listen to ytb trench it was terrible the coyla ray song terrible uh the song with future was terrible i mean there were there were some highlights to this album i guess like the drake feature was nice it was nice to hear from Travis Scott, even if it wasn't his best feature. It wasn't bad either, so I, I sort of enjoyed that. Uh, I somewhat enjoyed the song with Big Sean, Warrior. Um, other than that, I mean, the Kid Cudi feature was mid in my mind. Uh, we've already heard GFU with Sheck West, so that one wasn't, wasn't super surprising. Um, I think by the end of it, I didn't even listen to the Meek Mill feature because that's the second to last song, and I think I, I didn't even make it all the way through, so I'm not even gonna gonna speak on that one. But uh, it was it was an overall a very uh, boring album. Yeah, uh, 23 songs, an hour and 15 minutes of runtime. Um, I'm gonna go pots and pans, Lil Duke and Nav. Surprised you didn't mention that one. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, pots and pans. That wasn't my favorite. I mean, obviously. Um, Proud of You, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, seventh track with Lil Uzi. Yeah, that uh, one was okay. That was good. And then Solid was solid with Drake. I mean, Drake, we've been building up to this latest album from Drake. We just don't know when Certified Loverboy is going to come out. He's been killing the charts with his Scary Hours 2-pack. Comes on here is, is good. I think from, from the song 1 to song 7, is where it's good and then it starts to taper off because then we start to get to see you know pots and pans and walk star not rock star walk star like the uh asian uh dish the walk walk yeah. star with strick and skepta that was very meh um overall like a couple i mean when slime language one came out there were some let's just say there were some some, some solid songs on that one i mean you have, uh, what do you have? Chanel, go get it. That was a banger. Yeah. Um, but as a whole, nothing too much to expect. I, I, it wasn't going to break the charts. It did what it needed to do, I guess. It was very the definition of eh, okay. Um, but yeah, 
we'll move on. It was yeah. it was decent. I would give it maybe like a six and a half if I'm going full Fantana. Um, or oh, wow. in that case, a light six. Um, nice, nice. So anyway, we have other stuff to talk about. We have Conway the Machine, La Machina. I mean, the now machine. that album, that album I liked. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, Scatterbrain with uh with the Jid verse. It's honestly like you. I I I'm such a huge Jid fan, and I feel like everybody knows that. But even with how much I love Jid, the verse that he put on this song is one of his best verses ever. Like I I've never heard him flow so well over a beat. I don't think just like the wordplay, the way the syllables work, like within the beat, going from line to line, it sounds so perfect. His flow is perfect. Uh, there's a ton of one-liners in it. Um, I, I really don't have anything bad to say about that song. Overall, I, I enjoyed the whole album. There was uh, Blood Roses was the single off of it. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I enjoyed that. There was a nice 2 chains feature on it. Uh, the last song had a whole whole Griselda thing going with West Side Gun and Benny the Butcher as well. But uh, I, I really enjoyed this album. Yeah, it, it was good. Lie. It was good. It was really good. I in some respects, better than the slime language too. Probably in many respects. Oh um, yeah, quite a few. Uh, but it, it, like Conway the Machine and you know all these Benny the Butcher stuff like that. I mean, it, it, it takes it takes a certain t- uh, a taste palette to enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and if you do have that taste palette, it was really good because it was. It was a very good album, very solid. And like I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. With Scatterbrain, we talked about it. Um, but JID, jeez, I mean. Can you go off anymore? How how much more can you go off? Uh, it's insane. Really, really, really good. Um, so overall, that might not get a lot of love, but it should because it's very, very good. Uh, so shout out to Conway the Machine or Conway La Machina. So uh, moving on, uh, Paris, Texas, Force of Habit. I did not listen to that. What, what is this, Owen? It's a uh, it's a single from a, a newer group. I'm not sure where they originated from or, or even like I haven't even bothered looking up who these guys are because they've only dropped like two songs. Uh, but I, I love both of them. The first one or the second one, I guess, is uh, is, is the one that just came out this week. The first one is a is a track called Heavy Metal. Uh, but I enjoy these songs quite a bit. They're a duo from Compton um force of habit like the the instrumental on it i'm trying to think of what it reminds me of uh it's almost like a baby keem kind of sound in we my mind that. i they sound they sound a lot like baby keem to me and I, that just popped into my mind just thinking about what this last song sounded like uh it, it honestly sounds like something off of baby keem's last album but i love the beats that they choose i love this how they use sampling um their hooks are infectious uh, but I, I am enjoying this quite a bit. Uh, so Paris, Texas, I guess we're going to have to figure out where that name came from. Cause if real Texans know Paris, Texas, there's a little mini Eiffel. It's tower a real place. In, yeah. In Paris, te- in Paris, Texas, there's a little baby Eiffel tower, but at the top, it's a, it's a 10 gallon hat. You love it. You love it. Um, so this is a, this is an interesting little group here. I'm going to have to check this out. Oh, and we're probably going to catch that on dot chaos, dot chaos radio early plug. Uh, 30 songs, 15 from Owen, 15 from me, updated every week. Catch that on our Twitter at Controlled Chaos Pod. Controlled spelled C-N-T-R-L-D Chaos Pod. You can find that on our link tree. And that's linktr.ee backslash Controlled Chaos Pod. So, you know, we love it. We're eating it up. Paris, Texas, 192,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, Yeah, 
go for it, don't you? Why don't Enjoying you? it quite a bit. It's a force of habit to go for Paris, Texas. Um, yeah. And then this, Tom the Mailman. A very, very nice little under, not underground, but guy that I we both found uh, in, and enjoyed. Um, yeah. Looking forward to a new album? Uh, yeah, I I have heard a couple of the songs that he's come out with recently. I'm I'm excited to listen to this thing whole all the way through. It actually dropped this past week. Yeah, I haven't listened to the, the whole 16th. thing. I have not gotten the chance. I haven't listened all the way through. I've heard a couple of the songs. I somewhat enjoyed it. It's a shorter album, only 25 minutes, but um, excited for that one. Traveling alone is quite the song. I enjoy that one quite a bit. That's one of his uh one of his older releases, but um. Yeah, I found him on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually found him on uh, my cousin. My cousin put me on to Mr. Tom. So, oh, wow. um, Sober, the tenth track on the album I enjoy, and as well as Forever. Forever is a really good song, too. So we'll check that out, get back to you, possibly see that one on Doc Chaos as well. Uh, Kenny Mason, he's here with a little yeah. supercut deluxe. A little, little follow-up to his first album. Had a couple features on it. This is another one I didn't listen to all the way through. I heard the song with Denzel. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, he had a Freddie Gibbs feature as well. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Kenny Mason yet. I feel like he has a lot of potential, especially as a lyricist and as a vocalist. I just think a lot of his songs right now sound a little bit washed out. And I think that's like part of his sort of brand that he's got going. He has like this kind of like rap slash rock like fusion thing going. Uh, that a lot of people have been going for recently, but um, I I do I I see flashes from him. His his album last year, Angelic Hood Rat. There are a few songs off off of that that I enjoy. Um, Firestarter hit, uh, Angelic Hood Rat, the title track. I I enjoy it, but um, I do think that is a name to look out for. I think he's up and coming. Obviously, he was on that uh, he's on Serial which is where that I think a, a lot of people know him from. And that was kind of where he burst onto the scene. And that, that song is insane. Uh, so if he can find like production like that and put it on an album of his own, like watch out. Yes. Genuinely. Yes. Do watch out. I think uh, the song with Freddie Gibbs was getting a lot of traction um, from Shrek. Shrek knows rap on Twitter. Um, there you and go. It was a really good, solid song. Um nothing to call home about but really good as well uh, i also want to point out another uh, artist that was i want to say was no he wasn't on serial uh but idk he dropped a single with offset shoot my shot that was a very good song i really no he was he was on idk he was or he was on serial i mean I, I didn't know if it was him or jay i knew it was a three letter no it's both of them it's well, both it was, of them okay yeah makes sense yeah. now uh so he was on uh, him and offset shoot my shot that was a very good. I, I I'm really growing. IDK is growing on me, man. I really enjoy yeah. him. Um, yeah. That was a really good single, and Offset delivered a really solid verse as well. So that was a very insightful track that I enjoyed. Um, and then finally, how about the Black Keys? Crawling That's a name I haven't heard in a while. King Snake. When was the last time you heard from the Black Keys? Uh, it's been a while. I I still listen to El Camino like oh quite a bit. I listen to I probably listen to that album front to back like every other week, uh, like at least once or twice a month. Uh, but their last album was from 2019. I think their last single was also 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Let's Rock. It was a very yeah. different 
uh, yeah, low high. I, we've we've seen that on uh, Doc. Chaos. That was a uh, yeah. That was a uh, was that the March Madness song? They had they've had multiple March Madness I songs. I remember Gold on the Ce- Gold on the Ceiling one year was like the only thing they played during March Madness, and I remember like I loved that March Madness partly because of that, and also I just remember it being a really good tournament. Um, but yeah, Low High is another one that they came out with recently. But this is the first time we've heard from them in a couple years. And uh, it was okay. I think the I think the unedited version of it, the six minute version of it, is drawn out. And I think that's probably for a reason. And they have an edited version, so obviously they knew what they were doing when they draw when they drew it out that long. Um, but I, I will say some of the ideas do get a little stale by the end. I still enjoy it as a whole. Um, I'm a sucker for the Black Keys, mm-hmm. so anything anything they release, I will be a fan of at this point as long as it's more. Uh, more tailored towards their older music, I guess, exactly. which I think this is. So, and we have a lot to look forward to because on May 14th, their new album Delta cream will be coming out and crawling. King snake is the first song. They've already released the track list. Um, it's 11 songs, 12. If you include the edited version of crawling King snake, um, but it, it looks like it's good. There's the second song on the album is going to be called Luis. I think that's going to be a banger. Uh, and then the eighth song, Sad Days, Lonely Nights, that's going to be good, too, uh, just from a name standpoint. But yeah. as a whole, I'm really looking forward to this latest Black Keys album dropping May 14th. So, Owen, I mean, wh- were you li- what were you listening to this week? I was very busy, so I didn't have a lot of time to like listen. But when I did listen... There were some songs um, for me. I'm I'm still I'm still stuck quite a bit on the Brockhampton album. I'm mm-hmm. still listening to that a lot. That was probably the, I would say majority of what I listened to this week. Um, along with that Conway album, I gave that album a couple of plays. Um, other than that, I wasn't going back to much of my older music. Other than like I said, that Brockhampton album, I was just, I I really haven't been listening to anything else, which is kind of crazy, but uh. You know, I've been, I've, you know, we're both gearing up for finals. Anyone who's in college knows that kind of life. And yeah. um, we got, we got I, things I, to do. Like, I don't, I don't have time to figure out what songs I listen to. I just go to my main playlist that has like 800 something songs. I just press shuffle and I start listening. Yeah. Like, I, I just say, hey, Siri, shuffle my library. That, yeah. That's all I've got time for. And as so, I say um, that, my Siri goes off. But anyway, uh, I have been listening a lot. To, I've been on a Latin kick. Um, mm. I, I'm I not, not to gatekeep, but like the fact that. Uh, the Gypsy Kings with Bamboleo are doing their doing the rounds on TikTok. They have so many good songs, dude. Joby Joba, their version of Volare, Bamboleo, all of that is just pristine, immaculate music. The fact that it's on, um, it was like a, a mix with Bamboleo and Narcos. And I'm like, <laughs> no, please, no. Why is this a thing? No, never, no, never. Um, but if, if you really want to listen to the Gypsy Kings, which I highly recommend you do, I've known the Gypsy Kings since I was a little tot, uh, and they're good. They're really good. And then also, uh, Bad Bunny, his out, his tours coming up. I know his tickets were flying off the shelves, just $400 tickets. I mean, it's going to be, I guess the concert to go to when, you know, concerts start becoming like actively going on but sure seems like it i've been listening to dakiti uh that is big him and jay cortez uh dropped that and was on his latest album so that's gonna be it was big for me i really enjoyed that but uh as a whole just i've been on a big latin kick for some reason and the beatles yeah. too i don't know why i'm just you know the beatles man why not uh so 
why not as always uh so it was a very light week in music um but a couple of a couple of underdogs jumping in as well yep. so um oh and you know what it is you know what time it is um sports time it's sports time we start with the nba because we know we're going to talk a lot about the mlb so let's start with a get well soon virtual get well soon card to donovan mitchell uh god you just hate to see that happen um it, it, super scary stuff yeah exactly i mean it's it's obviously yeah. not the brightest thing and you know for the jazz all in other big news i mean Dwayne wade gets a little ownership stake in the jazz oh yeah for a team like the jazz that are gonna be you know are they there's a lot of comparisons being made to them or at least not a lot but in my eyes can you show it to me in the playoffs yeah um are you going to be like the hawks of 2015 they get that comparison a lot. Yes. So uh, um, they've certainly got some, not shoes to fill necessarily, but they've got a regular season record to live up to because we've seen them in the playoff these last few years, but they have not been a one seed. Uh, this is this is a different Jazz team than what we've seen. This is a Jazz team that can shoot the ball, uh, which is something relatively new for them. This is a Jazz team with a bench. Jordan Clarkson is the sixth man of the year this season, so obviously they've got scoring off the bench uh Bogdanovich has been good Donovan Mitchell obviously playing like an MVP he's averaging over 30 points a game well over 30 points a game in the second half of the season so he's been electric to watch uh as long as he's healthy by the playoffs I think they'll look good I think they'll be in good shape yeah I think so I I just I would hate to have them you know just fizzle out you know because that 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 first round matchup we got with them in the Nuggets last year was amazing obviously we're not going to get the the Spider and Jamal Murray that we wanted to get because of you know the injuries, but yeah, um, I would love to see them possibly make a run to the Western Conference Finals, man. Um, that would be nice. As I, of as of right now, they're the, I mean they're they're clear. So, but you know you got to watch out for the Suns, okay? I yeah. will say that because I did in fact attend a Houston Rockets basketball game in 2021, so I can say that I've done that. Um, why I don't know. I got to see Armani <laughs> Brooks. I, oh, yeah, he looks spot. good. I love him. He hit uh, like five threes tonight. We actually won a game, which kind of pissed me off. Shout but, out. Um, I mean, we can win one. We can win one every once in a just, while. Just but keep losing. Just keep yeah. losing. It, yeah. It's just. We're, we're tied with the Timberwolves right now for the worst record. But uh, looking at this Western Conference standings, the Jazz right now is the one seed. If the season were to end today, would play a first round matchup against whoever wins that 8 9 10 play in, which as of right now is between the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Spurs. Could you imagine? a Jazz Warriors first-round series, and do you see a potential first-round upset by Steph there? I could. I could. I don't know if you it could. would, but I could. Because, obviously, anytime you you – we saw um, – not to compare him to the Astros, but the Astros last year got, just barely got into the playoffs, and they had to face the wagon that was the Minnesota Twins, and they still went out and won. So if this team – the Warriors, and we know what Steph's been doing. I mean, he's oh literally dude. an alien. Let um, me, dude. I'm gonna pull up the tweet. Hold on, like, while you can keep talking, I'm gonna find the tweet. I, we were gonna post it on the Controlled Chaos Twitter account. I didn't get around to it, but his numbers this month are ridiculous. I mean, it is wacky. I that's why I could see that Warriors team possibly making yeah. a first round upset. Now, I don't know. I mean, the, the team's so different. Um, Jeez, I, I have no clue. I have no answer to that question. I would like to see it. I Also, how are the, the Spurs? Yeah, the Spurs. The They're Spurs. tied with the Warriors. They're tied in record with the Warriors. So, I mean, 
Could you imagine a Spurs? I mean, I don't see the Spurs pulling off a first round upset. But no. Out no. of all those teams, it would be the Warriors that would do it. But um, yeah. All right. So I've got I've got the tweet. Oh, yeah. That's weird. So going into yesterday in the month of April, Steph Curry was averaging thirty nine point nine points per game, seven rebounds, four assists, shooting fifty seven percent from the field, forty nine percent from three and ninety two percent from the free throw line. So not only is he shooting fifty, forty, ninety on the month, he's nearly shooting sixty, fifty, ninety on the month. He's point six percent from three off of being. Oh, wait, no, actually. This was before yesterday's game against the Boston Celtics, in which he shot 11 of 19 from three, which did launch him over 50% for the month. So as of right now, on the month, Steph Curry is shooting 50-50-90, averaging over 40 points a game. And somehow the team is still only 6-4, and 5-4 and four actually. So, um, I mean, I guess there's, there's sort of a an argument against the Warriors in that situation because Steph Curry is literally playing better than he has in his entire career. If he can keep this up over the course of a month, I mean, even if this Warriors team doesn't make the playoffs, it's enough to even put him in the conversation for the MVP, I would say, because this isn't something new either. He's doing this all year. He's averaging 31 points a game this season. Um, so I don't know if I see him as an MVP, uh, but this is certainly the best single game, like single month we've seen from a player in a couple years, probably either since that Harden stretch. And I want to say that was 2019 where he just went berserk or, uh, yeah. Or, uh, Damian Lillard had a follow up to that too. That was pretty remarkable. I think at the beginning of last season, like right before the season shut down. Um, but it's, it's crazy what Steph Curry is doing right now. I mean, um, it's absolutely nuts. It is. And you mentioned Harden and I saw a tweet. Uh, this past week, and it, 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 it holds true. Curry is doing what it, Curry is in the situation that Harden was in when Harden was doing these ungodly things uh, without Chris Paul, running the show essentially a one man band. Uh, and now you're having Curry stands vouch for Steph, and they're talking down on James just because now James has a team. James yeah. has that super team that he's always coveted. So I, 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 it's funny to me how, the, oh my, how have the turntables, the tables have turned for sure. But I think we're finally starting to realize that Harden and Curry, they know what, I mean, if the Nets go out and win a ring this year, you could, you could make the argument that these two are, I mean, they, they play different games, but they're still the equal playing field. Maybe I, I, I don't yeah. know. I just, I, I love watching both of them play, and that's not to say that I'm a big fan of Steph Curry, obviously, with what him and the Warriors have done to the Rockets or did to the Rockets. But still, um, watching him do this is just absurd. It is very absurd. I mean, we've known Steph Curry, best three-point shooter of all time. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's a debate anymore. No, that's, that's not um, a debate. But it's just so wacky to me, just yeah. watching this guy play. He's literally yeah. from He's another nuts. planet. Speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant left today's game with a leg injury. Hopefully he is fine. That would be another one that would be absolutely brutal uh, just for the NBA fan mm -hmm. if uh, if he were to miss time in the playoffs. So we've got like a month left in the season. It didn't look like it, it was anything too drastic that would make him miss a month. So as long as we've got some of these stars back by the playoffs, that would be great. Uh, obviously already lost Jamal Murray, which sucks. We've lost a couple other guys, but um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to these playoffs. I think these playoffs are going to be fun. Uh, especially because we've got some noise in the Eastern Conference recently too. We talked about the Western Conference quite a bit already, but um, I mean, when you look at uh, when you look at what the uh, Celtics are doing right now, you look at what the Knicks are doing. 
I mean, the East is starting to become a little bit of a race. The Celtics and Knicks have both won six in a row. Uh, the Knicks have the best defense in the league. They allow the least points per game. Uh, so, I mean, what Tom Thibodeau's done there is pretty insane. He makes them... I mean, I, I follow Rob Perez on Twitter, and he talks every night about how this Knicks team just tries harder than everybody else in the regular season. Like, you see these you see these really good teams, like, take the night off. Like, the Lakers will do it. The Nets will do it. The, the Bucks will do it. Where, like, they show up, and they're giving some sort of effort, but you can tell it's not a full effort. And then, like, they kind of turn it on in the fourth quarter if it's a close game. But this Knicks team, from tip to finish, just plays their heart out. I mean, they they go after it every single night so they're going to be fun to watch if they if the if the playoffs were to begin today they've got a first round series against the milwaukee bucks which would be a bunch of fun i don't know if i see them beating Giannis and the boys uh in wisconsin but um certainly could wear them down quite a bit for whatever second round matchup they face Mm -hmm. definitely uh i love the east right now i love the knicks uh are finally semi-competent julius randall is cold suddenly he's insane i mean uh, there was a video when they played the Nets uh, of his kid walking out and he starts crying because he saw a picture of, uh, was it was it Kyrie? It's a picture of Kyrie on, in the Barclays Center, the walls of the Barclays Center. He's like, I don't like him. He's mean. <laughs> so I, 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 is there a Knicks culture? I mean, they had a whale of a game against the Pelicans. Was it either today or yesterday? That yeah, was, it was absolutely today. astonishing. Beat him in overtime. Yeah. Um, so I love, I mean, anytime one of the big cities is competing and that's what's going on with the, both the Knicks and the Nets. So that'd be yeah. wild. Uh, imagine them drawing each other in a playoff matchup in the East. That'd be crazy. Hear me out. Knicks, Nets, Eastern Conference Final, Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals. Oh, uh, Adam Silver would <laughs> just love LA, that. Just LA versus New York. West versus they'll, they'll find Now that I said that, they'll find a way to do it just so they can get all those... Uh, all that population going towards yeah. uh towards a series because that would be that would be insane uh especially with some of the other small markets that are up there like milwaukee one of the best teams in the league utah uh salt lake city is one of the one of the you know basketball you know thresholds of america phoenix um phoenix. hey don't sleep on some i was I'm, a, I'm not gonna sleep on phoenix i'm just saying phoenix isn't los angeles it is in la and it is in new york i will say when i was at the game i was one of maybe 10 rockets fans and i was putting on for my city i was i was walking through the hallways of phoenix suns arena which by the way after the renovations is it's a beautiful arena they have this wonderful video board and big news out of arizona is that they have officially or are going to officially legalize sports gambling uh, it is on the desk of D- Governor Doug Ducey, so if that is signed into law. The Suns have already signed a partnership with FanDuel, and they are building a sports book inside Phoenix Suns Arena. So that is going to be huge it's exciting. for um, them, and they, they've, they're already doing amazing renovations. But like I said, I was one of maybe 10, 20 Rockets fans there, which is not saying a lot. Um, I threw up my H, and I got an H thrown back to me, so I'm like, I'll accept it, okay? I mean, it was there you great. Go. So Might as well. That was fun. Um but speaking of the Rockets, they yeah. they had the worst record in the NBA until they pulled out a victory. Hank, the 41 jersey in the Raptors. Kelly Olynyk is a dog. He's a man. He's a man's man, and I love him. But keep losing, please. Like That's yeah. why I love the game on Monday. I went to the game. The Rockets were down by 20. They cut it close, and then they lost. It's great. That's a great loss. I love yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. Compete, 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 then just – 
ease the throttle at the end. I'm just I'm just scared of Kelly Olynyk right now. I'm I'm very scared of Kelly Olynyk because with the way he's playing right now, I'm honestly scared that this season's going to end. He's going to become unrestricted and I'm just going to see the first day of free agency Rockets sign Kelly Olynyk 6 years 100 million. Like, like, I'll like literally, Gordon I'll literally start crying if that happens because I like, sure, Linux has been good this season since we got him, especially, but like, I don't want him. I just don't. I do. I don't. I, I, he's fun to watch for the rest of this season and it'll be, it'll be history. We can hang him in the rafters if he gets us the first pick, but like. Especially with John Wall's contract, I don't see Kelly Olynyk as part of a winning formula right now. Like for the next two seasons, I don't think we need guys like Kelly Olynyk, like borderline veterans, guys in their late twenties, early thirties that you have to pay double digit millions per season to get them to play for you. I want the John Wall contract, and I want Christian Woods contract, and anybody else on the team. I genuinely hope they're making less than five million dollars a year. Yeah. Because I just want I just want open cap space. I want a bunch of draft picks. I want to turn this team into a young team, a fun team to watch, a a team that can go out and sign big name free agents when they become available in the market. And I I don't think Kelly Olinick is that. But I don't think Kelly Olinick commands a hundred million dollar contract. Like- well, no, no. I'm just saying with the way he's played the past week, that's what we would need if he continued that throughout the so rest of a season. Would you re-sign Kelly Olinick if it was like No. 10 million a year, eight to 10 million a year. Oh, like, like if it's if it expires at the same time as the John Wall contract, sure. But yeah, once like, once Wall's contract is over at the end of the 22 23 season, I want all of that money out of the books. I want to have a clean slate for that year of free agency because who knows who's going to be there. Whoever it is, I'm sure it's better than John Wall and Kelly Olynyk. That's that's my like if we want to give him like two years, 20 million, I guess yeah, I can live like, with that. I could do I can that. I can live with that. But I, I don't like in, in terms of a long term winning team, I don't see Kelly Olenek as part of that. There are not many guys on this team that I see as part of that. You don't um, see DJ Wilson as a future. Part no, of I don't see DJ Wilson as an <laughs> integral part of our success. Um, I see Kevin Porter Jr. as an equation uh, or a piece to the puzzle that I would like to see stay for a while. Obviously, Christian Wood could turn into the cornerstone of this team. Uh, I also want to keep Jay Sean Tate, obviously, with the way he's played off of the bench this season and in the starting lineup when he's needed to, just with all the injuries, all the wild trades we've made. And then one more guy that I like quite a bit on this team is Kenyon Martin Jr. But other than that, I I don't see... There really aren't any other names on this roster right now that I'm like fully committed to. Like Anybody else could go, and I really wouldn't be all that disappointed. Um, but you know, we've said all this about the Rockets. There's one thing we can't forget to do. Owen, do you have it loaded? Oh, it's already loaded. It's up on my screen right now. It's tankathon time, ladies and it's gentlemen. It's tankathon time. We have the best odds now on oh, tankathon so because we are tied with the Timberwolves, but coming in today, we were a game ahead of them or a game below them, I guess you could say. Uh, so I'm excited to see oh, this wow. first, not off to a good start, but fifth pick goes to the Thunder. The Thunder have the fifth and sixth picks. Mm. The Rockets get Josh Giddy, Dayron Sharp, and Greg Brown. Do not I got the fourth them. pick in the first one. Gave me uh, Jalen Green, Jared Butler, and Greg Brown. Always fun. Uh, second, oh, I'm 0 for 2, Owen. Okay. I'm 2 for 2. I just did the same thing. I got Jalen Green again. So that's uh, exciting. I don't like this. I don't like this. Okay. Oh, man. It was a rough day for me. I, well, I was 2 for 3, but both of the two were the number 4 pick. 
So. All right, I, I'm one for three. Okay. I get Suggs, I get Brown, and I get Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech. From Texas Tech. So you know what? We hit it. We hit it right on the money. We're supposed to have a fifty percent chance. We hit three out of six. And that's the that's the risk you take, man. So we got what is expected of us. Um, I'm so scared. I another team that you said you said you talked about the Thunder. That's another team that's inserting themselves into this equation. Yeah, it's gonna are, be interesting to see how they finish out because they, they've lost ten in a row. There's a there's a scenario where the Thunder get the first pick, the fifth pick, and I don't know if I want to be a part of that. And the sixteenth no. pick. Especially with the young guys they already have. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think, has missed quite a bit of time due to injury this season. But Lou Dort this past week, within a 10-game losing streak for the Thunder, has had games of 29, 26, and 42 points. Forks up. Um, Forks up, they're, Dort. they're losing despite Lou Dort becoming like... Does he have an argument for comeback player of the year as a second-year player? Because obviously he was an amazing defender last season. We saw him do it, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he had great games, even against James Harden in that Rocket series. But like his turnaround offensively from being like compared to Andre Roberson in last year's playoff series, essentially, where he was dared to shoot the ball to this season. He just scored 42 points last week and he's hitting like seven, eight threes in a game. I mean, does he have some sort of an argument? I think there could be a chance, a possibility. I mean, his, his, I don't know if that's ever happened. I'm, I want to say that's never happened that a second year player has won comeback player of the year, but like, because like it, you've only had your rookie season, what are you coming back from anyways? Exactly. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but man, watch out for Lou Dort. He is a dog. That Thunder team has some young pieces. Darius Baisley has shown flashes. Uh, Moses Brown. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. He had a 2020 game a couple weeks ago. We didn't even know who he was. Uh, he is he is a good little uh, good little big man for them. Uh, so they've got they've got pieces, and um, that's another team, man. Once Al, Al Horford's gone from that team, they've got all that draft capital. They've got all that money to spend. They could be in good shape. I'm looking at this mock draft, and I love this pick. Chris Duarte to the Hawks would be Chef's kiss. Yeah. Him and Trey Young. Oh Him and Trey Young complement each other well. Oh, They'd be, that would be fun. And Clint Capella. Yeah. Kevin Herter, possibly. Oh, who knows? I mean, hell, whoa. 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 Easy. Easy with the Hawks talk. Um, that is interesting. However, yeah. NBA is the NBA is the NBA. Oh, and speaking of drafts, the NFL draft is almost here. We care maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe like I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm not going to do like, do we want to do like any sort of a mock draft? Do we want to maybe get like the week before it happens? Do we want to give like the first 10 picks? Maybe I like we we, we know, we know the top three picks at this point. It's Trevor Lawrence and then either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And then whoever doesn't go two goes three, I think. Because uh, I, I don't think the 49ers trade up this. to three and then don't take a quarterback. I will give one cent of analysis on this. Let's if, hear it. If the Niners take Mac Jones with the third pick of the draft, they are an ignoramus. Shout out to Bruce. That's that's whoever. Mitch Trubisky level. That is terrible. That's Mitch Trubisky level. You can, if they you do that. can murder me if he does good. 
but there is no way in God's green that Mac Jones should be the third pick in the NFL. Draft. Have you seen his physique though? He looks exactly like Tom Brady coming out of college. He's got a little beer gut going already. He, I feel like he's the kind of guy who's just going to step into the NFL and like, nobody's going to expect him to be all that good, but then he's just going to be like for the next like decade of his career, just like a Matthew Stafford type. I, I could see him being a Ryan Tannehill where or like a, or like a Ryan Tannehill, maybe like, maybe like ceiling of like Matt Ryan. Possibly. Where like where like you put him in the right type of offense where he's just letting the ball fly to receivers constantly. I could see him like peak at like a Matt Ryan level. I think he fits with the Niners, but I don't know if he's worth a third pick in the draft. I, I don't think they would trade up that high for him. If they especially because we saw with that with what ended up, you know, playing that the that the Eagles were willing to trade that sixth pick because after the Dolphins traded back, they traded back up to six. So clearly they didn't. I mean, it wasn't a case of nobody else from four to 11 wanted to trade with him. There were other people that were clearly willing to trade for the right price. So I just think if you're the 49ers, why do you trade all the way up to three to get Mac Jones when you can probably get him at six? Exactly. Uh, I mean, maybe they, maybe they know something I don't, but I really see them taking either Wilson or Fields. And, and I think the surprising pick there wouldn't be Mac Jones. It would be if they went for another position, if they went for like an offensive lineman, maybe mm-hmm. To, to go alongside Trent Williams, just absolutely shore up the offensive line with him and Panay Sewell next to each other. I think Trey but, Lance fits in magnificently. Trey Lance would be a good pick too. There. And I think he's going to be good. But I, I just, oh my God. I mean, no, this, is just a, this is just a quarterback loaded class. Exactly. Um, Zach Wilson to the Jets too? I, I, I don't know. I we'll, we'll do research and you know what, Owen, let's do a damn mock. Let's do it. We might as well. First, 10. we might as well. But I mean, I'm like, once again, I'm no draft expert. I'm not going to say, take my, uh, take my draft analysis. Cause that's the best. No, it's not. I don't, I literally yeah. could give less of yeah. a, of a poop, but you know what I meant to say? Um, oh, yeah, of course, but I don't care. I mean, my team is bad and that's all I care about. I mean, I shouldn't have to care about we, you know what we should do, Owen? We're going to do a 30 player MLB mock draft. We'll do an MLB mock. Okay. Let's do All that. Right. Let's Sounds go. Good. Cause then you're dealing with high school players. You're dealing with oh, everything. Yeah. Where's Isaac Pacheco going to go? Where is, <laughs> where's Jack lighter going? Like all this, I would love, it would be my distinct pleasure to do an MLB mock draft with you. Yeah. Hey, we've got, we've got a little bit of time on that one. That one's not until Wednesday, like June. It's around, usually is about where it yeah, is like early time, June. And this time it's going to be in the host city. So it was going to be in Atlanta, but this time it's going to be in Denver. In Denver. Yeah. Shout out to the Rockies in Colorado. Perfect segue from the NFL to the MLB. It's time to rock and roll. We had another week and we're starting off with the heater. Quite possibly the best, not even quite possibly the best series so far to date. Appointment oh, yeah. Television. <laughs> Newest rivalry in the NL West. It's the Dodgers and the Padres at Petco Park. A raucous, sustained crowd at Petco Park. And man, did we have some baseball. Oh my God, that series was so fun. Um, I mean, do, do we just want to go like break down game by game? I mean, game one, game one, we have the extra inning game. Uh, the, the, the Padres come back and tie it in the eighth and the ninth um to to give them to give them a chance to even play in extras they had a chance to win it in the 10th i believe uh but then Corey seager 11th inning starts it off with a two-run shot 
and then they pile on some runs. Jake Cronenworth comes into pitch because the Padres are out of pitching. Strikes out Mookie Betts. He wasn't even that bad. He had like an 89 mile per hour, like two seam, almost like borderline sinker working for him. Like he was, he was hitting high eighties. He was locating pitches, struck out Mookie Betts. Uh, probably my favorite little, uh, little tidbit from that game was the fact that a position player threw a pitch to David Price, a pitcher. So a hitter pitched to a pitcher who hit the ball to Joe Musgrove in left field. So the, so the batter and the fielder were both pitchers and the pitcher was a fielder and batter. Um, but the Padres unfortunately couldn't come up with that win. I was really rooting for him because that Manny Machado in that game was electric. He stole that base in the ninth after he limped down to first base after sort of a weird about where he looked like he hurt himself on a check swing. Um, but he he was clearly showing some heart. That I mean, I tweeted about it that night. That game felt like a playoff series. It did. And it was mainly due to the fact that Petco Park, these Padres fans have been waiting. Their oh team God, went dude. dummy and they didn't get to watch him. They were finally able to go in Petco in one of the nicest stadiums in baseball and watch them take on the world champions, the Dodgers. And it was just, even if they only won one of the three games, they still play each other a total of, what, 19 times? 19, yeah. That is going to be fun. That is definitely appointment television. Backing up what you said with Cronenworth, used to be, he used to be a two-way player. Fun fact for you. Oh, wow. In 2015 with Michigan, he went 3-7. and seven with a 3.67 ERA and 49 innings pitch. Not terrible. So, I mean, it, it's... it's. I mean, you could tell from the stuff he had. He, he knows how to throw a baseball on the mound. I mean, I, I'm sure the Padres know that he has that in his back pocket. That's why they went to him. Uh, so that's certainly, I guess, a, a nice thing to have. I don't know. Will and that his, ever come in handy? His career MLB ERA is... Zero. Donuts. Donuts. He struck out. he struck out the second best player in Major League Baseball. So... How about or third, that? or third, depending on how you look at it, right? Depending now. upon what you want to say, whatever floats your boat. And yeah. even for the Orleans Firebirds of the Cape Cod League, he went one and two, fifteen games, twenty-three innings pitch, gave up seventeen hits and eight runs. All That's solid. It's That's it's solid. manageable. Shout out to the Cape Cod League. That's going to be fun to watch as Get well. Cronenworth, uh, Jake Cronenworth, love him. Loved him when he yeah. came in. Love him now. It's awesome. Speaking of good pitching performances, game two. Game two, even better. Uh, I mean, you had former teammates, Clayton Kershaw and you, Darvish. Darvish even said before the game that him and Kershaw used to be buds, but Kershaw did not reach out to him after he joined the Padres, almost as if he doesn't care for you because now they're rivals. And there was beef as well. And there's beef during the game with Kershaw and Jerks and Profar, catcher's interference call. Um and Kershaw was chirping and probably rightfully so Kershaw definitely had an argument I mean I I can see how he would be frustrated at that it clearly did look like Profar had a sort of an abnormal swing to hit the catcher's mitt but uh you know as long as they don't as long as they don't call him out for it I guess whatever works um but yeah that game was insane too I mean speaking of that pitching duel between Kershaw and Darvish Kershaw six shutout innings only allowed two hits and the uh, bullpen came in to finish the shutout. Darvish on the losing end gave up one hit in seven innings. Um, so, I mean, that that game was super fun. And then, obviously, you go into the ninth inning, and oh, my God, Mookie Betts. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> catch of the year already. Uh, oh, it has to 10% be. 10% catch probability. He, You could tell. And this even plays into the thought that it was like a playoff series. He made that catch, and yeah. he was making – he was, like, acting like he just clinched. That was, that was Benintendi-esque. 
that was Benintendi-esque in that 2018, 2018 ALCS. the Red Sox Astros ALCS. That's what that catch reminded me of immediately. I mean, just the situation, the fact that if he if he doesn't catch that ball, it ties the game. And if he misses that ball, I, I'd have to go back and watch it again to see how hard the right fielder was running for it and what sort of trajectory he was taking towards the wall. But Tommy Pham is not a slow guy. Tommy Pham at the plate, if he misses that ball fully and it goes back to the wall, that could potentially be a walk-off inside the park homers. So how? just even to have, even having the balls to dive for that and then make the catch with a 10% catch probability is absolutely insane. It's crazy. I mean, oh my goodness. I Like as an, as an outfielder, I got jealous watching that. Like I wish that had been me. Like I wish I was, I was in that opportunity to make that play. You made a couple diving catches in your, no, day. I did. I just, I just never made any, in a two a nothing, t- a two nothing ball game between division rivals who could potentially be the two best teams in the MLB. You did your 10% catch probability Owen. Yeah. That's a, that's a five-star catch. A, that, that would be a five-star catch. Maybe, maybe six stars. If you went up that high, I mean, who maybe. Knows? Who knows? Uh, but, uh, you know, shout out to the Clearbrook Wolverines. Why not? Oh, let's let it fly before <laughs> they, we finish the series. The Clearbrook Wolverines are going to be oh, 20, District 24 6A champions. Are you nuts? What That's happened? awesome. Our, our, our Is it just because we're gone? We're gone and they're winning. <laughs> so uh, shout out to my boy, Coach Gene Flores and co. Uh, repping the set, man. Winning the going nuts. Uh, first time in... 10 years that they were going to win a district <laughs> no. championship. Yeah. So big ups to them and big ups to the crew over there. I'm looking forward to getting back to Houston and watching some playoff high school baseball. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but then we can go into game three, Owen, uh, and the, the Padres, they had to win one. They couldn't have gotten yeah. swept. Yeah. And they're so, they played, they played well enough that they shouldn't have got swept in exactly. that series. Um, and they just attacked the Dodgers bullpen. Eric Hosmer clutch. I mean, he has the yeah. cl- made the clutch genes coming back from his time in Kansas City. Absolutely. I mean, good God. Did uh, it in game one and game three. He had a game tying hit in game one, too. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, and then I just overall, it was appointment television. And I will say shame on ESPN. How is that not <laughs> Sunday Night Baseball? It has to be. It has to be, especially because of how bad Sunday Night Baseball was. Like, oh my, like, the, what was it? Kyle Hendricks gave up four homers in the first inning to the Braves. One of them was to, I mean, Guillermo Heredia had a two-homer, six-RBI game. That's Like, how does that get Sunday Night Baseball over this Padres-Dodgers And then series? we're just going to give the Braves back-to-back weeks of Sunday Night Baseball? Are you nuts? They're not even a 500 team right now. Like, I understand the Braves coming in, hype, yeah, 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 Acuna this, Acuna that. But can they, can they not flex games in, though? I know the NFL flexes games in occasionally. I think they do after the all-star break is when they like okay. decide, okay, well. That makes that makes sense. Obviously, because the Cubs are bad, we can't have them on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, but that makes sense. Denso, how is this game not penciled on everyone's calendar? It's the damn Padres and Dodgers, the two yeah. most active te- teams in free agency, and we're going to put them in a, in a day game? Are you kidding Especially me? in the in the, you would think that in the opening series of the year between those two teams, you would put them in Sunday Night Baseball. Like, if this was, like, game number 9 through 11 of the season series, like, I get it, because that's, like, right in the middle of it. Like, it's not like it's, you know, the last time they face each other before the playoffs. It's not the first time they're facing each other. I mean, there's no storyline. But, like, this is the first time that the two best teams in the NL are playing each other, and we're just going to ignore it. I mean, and, I, and fair it's, enough. It's at Petco Park. Yeah, I, I I cannot talk good enough about Petco and how it's such a nice it it's such a nice stadium. Oh my god! And Sunday night, okay. Well, they uh, they are to to respect 
ESPN. They are Sunday Night Baseball next week. But okay, fair enough. I wouldn't have mind them having them back to back <laughs> back to back weeks. What other? Well, I mean, there were other series this past week that was more worthy of Sunday Night Baseball than the Braves in back to back weeks. Um, yeah. you had Cardinals Phillies. That would have been a good matchup. That was a good series all the way around. Yeah. There were a couple great performances there. Ended up being an Aaron Nola complete game shutout too. So that would have been fun to watch on Sunday Night Baseball. Um, but obviously. You wouldn't expect the Tigers to be doing as well as they are, but Tigers A's would have been a good series to yeah. put up. Uh, but still, we're gonna settle you know, on I that. Mean, yeah. Come on, man. And I mean, one one more note: we gotta we gotta stop talking about them eventually and move on to other teams. But exactly. I mean, these teams we could talk about them forever. Uh, Fernando Tatis is back. That's something we failed to mention up to this point. He homered in his first game back. Dead center um, too. Yeah, dead center. I will say I'm slightly worried. Uh, just because I follow pro football doc on Twitter, uh, and that guy is right a lot of the time. And recently he's been kind of stepping into other sports. He talked about the Donovan Mitchell injury this past week when it happened. And, uh, he talked a little bit about Tatis too, or like in, investigated. And, and he said, it's not really a matter of if Tatis is going to need surgery. It's just when, uh, so essentially for the rest of this season, he's going to be playing with a shoulder that's not at a hundred percent. And like they even said, he's altered his swing for it, which obviously still worked because he homered in his first game back with this like altered new swing. Um, but he also committed his seventh error of the year in this series, which leads the MLB uh, by a considerable margin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I mean, he's already been on the IL and he still leads the MLB in errors, which is a little bit of an issue. Uh, but as long as he can hold out, th- I mean, this is really when I wish they had universal DH because I feel like he would DH the majority of the rest of the season for them. Um, but I, I'm certainly, uh, I'm not, I'm not too worried. He's, he's such a talent. I'm not super worried. I'm just keeping a close eye on him. If I'm the Padres. Yeah. Um, it's going to be scary. I mean, you, you gotta be a hundred. You want to be a hundred percent. Obviously. Yeah. Um, there is no MLB to show curse, not to my knowledge. They've had some pretty not bad I covers. Of, no. I mean, the, Adrian Gonzalez, when he went to the Red Sox, that was a pretty bad cover. Uh, but yeah. speaking of, I mean, MLB The Show is out. This is a big weekend for Tatis. He, he's oh, on yeah. the cover of a video game that's probably going to do insane numbers because I've heard nothing but good things about MLB The Show because it, yeah. Xbox users are finally going to get to realize that this is the best sports franchise out there. Um, 2K is too – that's just my opinion, but still. Um, I've been grinding it all weekend. Yeah. And so. for good for good measure i mean it's a wonderful yeah. game um but it was a big weekend for tatis for him to play for him to be a part of it it's big it's huge um and i think this is gonna be fun we're gonna see these two teams a lot and it's gonna be good so overall definitely best series of the year thus far oh yeah. and we're gonna close out the nl west um tim lacastro man he got caught Man. stealing. He ended his streak. It's terrible. Yeah, he, he broke the record. So you know what? He still got his uh, 15 minutes of fame. But even worse was on the on the stolen base attempt where he failed to steal the base and was caught stealing. He also dislocated his pinky finger. It looked pretty gnarly. Uh, he is now on the injured list as well. So not the not a banner week for Tim LaCastro. Hopefully he'll be back in no time. Um I mean, if, if as long as they can get that finger relocated, do rehab on it for a couple weeks, and then you know when he's on base from now on, he'll probably have a club on that hand. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll he'll be good to go. But you know what? Uh, I'm I'm still happy for the guy. He's still one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, and then closing out the Giants lost two relievers. 
to adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine. I wonder which one they took. I don't know if that was disclosed. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if that has an effect. But the J and J has been getting a lot of a lot of tough talk, man. And oh yeah, J yeah I think J it's just gonna be. I think it's just because it came after the other two. People are hating on it, mm-hmm. and because uh, it's a single shot, and it's yeah. Know. They no, they see that like sixty percent number, the the sixty or sixty five or whatever it is percent, like preventing the spread for a, a, like of the virus or like the contraction of the virus, uh, which is not what it's for. It's actually for like the the ninety percent number that you see in all of them is actually efficacy in preventing like fatal or severe long-term effects from the virus so mm-hmm. you know what it is still you can still contract the virus while you have covid and we'll even see that or while you have the vaccine and we'll even see that and you know when we talk about the twins in a, in a little bit and the they actually, yeah uh but you know i mean um it's it's not something to be worried about i i kind of anticipated this happening and actually there was an astros like there was an article that came out today i think it was mark berman who was talking about it said that the astros are looking for a time for, for all their players to get or all their players that want to get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Uh, but they're trying to find the right time because obviously they don't want to have the same thing happen where you go out the next day and everyone feels like crap. So they're trying to find a way to do it like before and off day or like on and off day uh, to try to avoid those adverse reactions and see if they can uh, see if they can push their way through it. Exactly. Definitely. Um, speaking of COVID vaccines, I got my second shot two weeks away from go. being fully vaccinated. Hey, howdy. Hey. Uh, we're excited for that. We're excited for the NL Central and more importantly, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Only two games <laughs> below 500. Cabrian Hayes and co. Cole Tucker and co. JT Brubaker. And co. He's been a dog. He's been a dog this year. JT Brubaker is a uh, a nice little pitcher for them. Uh, they they beat the Brewers today. Uh, Colin Moran had, a I think, a four RBI day. And we love that. Former Astro. Love that. Uh, but yeah, man, they're like seven and nine. Certainly not what I anticipated. They're nowhere near being the worst team in the league, which is what a lot of people thought they would be. But JT Brubaker in three starts, uh, in 15 in a third innings, has a 1.76 ERA, 10.6 Ks per nine, only three earned runs allowed. So he has looked very good. Uh, whip around one. So I'm, I'm excited to watch them play the rest of this year. And uh, that's another team where, you know what, they don't necessarily have the farm system right now. But they have Cabrian Hayes, and they have the first pick, so they have their pick of those uh, those Vanderbilt aces. But um, they're 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 fun to watch, I guess. Yeah. Um. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um. Shout out to Trevor Cahill as well. What's yeah. another? Do they have any OG players that are on this team? No. Michael Feliz, former Astro. Shout out him. There you go. Um. Let's look. How about Philip Evans, the third baseman. He has an ERA of zero this year. He's pitching an inning. Went one, two, three, actually. Lovely. Uh, Gregory Polanco, love it as well. Jacob Stallings is fun. Wilmer Depot. These are a bunch of guys that are just like low-key ballers, yeah. man. Yeah. Low-key ballers. So big, just a quick humble brag for the Pirates. Just executing just a little bit better than expected. Yeah. Um, Joey Votto. Can we say something about Joey <laughs> Votto, please? Joey Votto pulled off a triple play, and he was ecstatic about it. Okay? Yeah. Caught the line drive. Tagged first, tagged first, and then he went to second, and yeah. boom, that's one. Two, I, I don't, three. I don't know what happened. I think the runner did. The runner think that the ball was dropped, or did he think that he tagged up? Because either way, the runner, like even after everyone on the field acted like the ball had been caught and like he was going to get doubled up, like the runner continued to run home. I want to say it was Eddie Rosario, and like Eddie Rosario stepped on home and like started to walk towards the dugout as Joey Votto's just standing there with the ball, getting ready to throw to third. 
And uh, honestly, the only thing that I wish would have been executed better on Votto's part is if he had just ran to the base and stepped on it himself. Mm-hmm. Get himself a little unassisted triple play. Those don't happen too often. They don't happen too often, but he could have had one there if he had just done it himself. Um, just, I guess, saved the running. And just went over there, lobbed the ball over to third instead. Future Hall of Famer Joey Votto. Love I him. hope so. I love the I hope ring so. to that. There's no way he's not. Yeah. The only thing he doesn't have is a ring. Yeah. And... I don't know. There were some. He, he just, he just, he, he's, he's under contract until I want to say like 2024, 2025. So I think the only way he plays his way out of the Hall of Fame is if he regresses like Albert Pujols big time at the end of his career. Like Albert Pujols, like Adrian Gonzalez, like you mentioned him earlier. Just if he fizzles out that badly, because I think a lot of the, the appeal to many of these Hall of Famers, these guys that are, you know, first ballot guys is that they kept doing it right up to the moment they retired. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Votto this year, 779 OPS, three homers, 10 RBIs, uh, 267 average. He's not, he's, he's been good enough. If he continues that for the next few seasons until he retires, I think he's definitely got a good shot, uh, especially just because of how good a de- of a defender he is as well. I mean, as is evidenced by that play. Um, but I mean, if he's on a good Reds team like this for the next few seasons, if they keep playing like this, I mean, he's, I, I like his hall of fame case. He's won an MVP. Six-time All-Star. He's been in the top three of MVP voting three times. I mean, there's not there. It's like it's him and Joe Mauer. Yeah, you got to give Joe. He has a he has a career OPS plus of 148. That's big. I mean, the league average is 100. He's 48 points over 100. That is big time. He has he's about to actually he has 298 homers. So we're officially on the Joey Votto 300 homer lookout. He will probably have 300 homers for his career in the next couple weeks, uh, which is exciting. But a career on base percentage over 400, um, a career OPS of 935. If he doesn't skew those numbers too much the next couple seasons, he's in yeah. with these numbers. He's got to be, man. He's got to be. I, I just don't see. I don't see. I don't see it. I don't see yeah. a way where he doesn't get in. I mean, like you said, won that MVP in 2010. He's, he's got a gold glove under his belt as well. His career strikeout percentage is 17.8%. MLB average is 20%. That's he doesn't Lower. strike out. He li- literally his plate discipline is probably second to none. Yeah. Um shout out Joey Votto. I love Joey Votto. I love led the, He's kid. led the league in walks 5 times. So, he knows his since, way around, since he came to league. He knows his way around a strike zone and if if you knew Ted Williams and you knew the art of hitting, it's all about knowing where to hit and where what pitch to go. So, I'm off my soapbox for Joey Votto. I love the guy. Um, I Owen, let's hop on your soapbox. How about Corbin Burns? You want to talk about? Oh him my for god, a bit? dude! <laughs> Corbin, we like we talked about him last week. We basically just have the exact same things to say that we said last week about him again, because he's had the exact same start three times. Basically, he's given up one earned run in over 18 innings. It was in that game where he carried the no hitter into the seventh, and then I want to say it was Byron Buxton hit a no doubter off of him. Uh, and other than that, he really hasn't allowed anything this season. In three games, 18 and a third innings, he has a .49 ERA, a .22 whip, which is unheard of, zero walks, and 30 strikeouts. He is averaging 15 strikeouts per nine, and he has zero walks. He has five strikeouts, I want to say, away from the MLB record for most consecutive strikeouts without a walk. Uh, I don't remember who has it right now. I want to say it's Scherzer has it right now. Um, 
but I mean, Corbin Burns is an absolute dog monster. Um, so I like he's he's on a he's on course to just uh, running away with the Cy Young Award if he continues going like this. Oh yeah, point four nine ERA. Oh, easy killer. That's crazy. Uh, but sticking with the Brewers though, Yelich and Locaine to the injured list. That is subpar. Yeah. That is not what you want to see. Um, but as we will see later, there are some bats on the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers that I still like to uh, make some noise in the upcoming week. Mm. Shout out uh, our breakout player segment at the end. Uh oh, got to stay but, tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We got breakout yeah. players to get to. Uh, closing at the NL Central uh, for Wilson Contreras, his team might not have won Sunday Night Baseball, but he had a good week at the plate. Four home runs for a 1.815 on base percentage. That is good, ladies and gentlemen. That is good. He's very good. Uh, carrying that Cubs offense because that Cubs offense has been awful uh, throughout this season. They had like six homers yesterday against the Braves, and it was the first time all year that their offense actually looked competent. So that's good. Uh, hopefully they're on a track to winning more games. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. but That's a hopefully, though. So that's what we got in the NL Central. Pretty weak, 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 weak in the NL Central. Moving on to the nice. NL East. Oh, Jacob DeGrom. Oh, mercy. And there's your other Cy Young candidate right there. 14 strikeout game in a seven-inning doubleheader. It could have been a 20-strikeout game. Ah. He only pitched six innings. If you go six innings, 14 Ks, and you multiply it out to nine innings, he's on track for 21 strikeouts. So if he went the distance... If he went the distance and he kept that strikeout pace, it was a 21 strikeout game. Hashtag analytics, Owen. Hashtag That's analytics. analytics. That that is Moneyball right there. You're you're that literally is. you are Billy Bean. How does it feel? I feel very good about that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but but Jacob Degrom possibly getting run support. Maybe I, uh, they scored four runs in his start. Hey, in seven innings. Oh. You know, so, what does that translate out to, Owen? I don't oh know. Oh man, that's like that's like five, maybe six runs. Yeah. It's quite the quite the run support there. So I don't even know what he's complaining about. But yeah, you better you know what? Shut up, Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> Be quiet. Yeah. You're getting run support. Yeah. Your point um, four five ERA is not not good enough to be undefeated. You should have at least one loss in there. But uh back to back starts with fourteen strikeouts for him, which is pretty ridiculous. That'll work. That'll work. That'll work. That'll play. And, uh, you know, he's batting pretty relatively well. Um, In 2021, his batting average is a whopping 571. Get the man a silver slugger. (laughs) He might have to, honestly. He's coming for your crown. He's four four for what? How many ABs? Four for seven. Four for seven. Okay. That's pretty darn good. He's got a run. And he's got an RBI. That's that's like Carlos Zambrano territory almost. Yeah. He he he's tinkering. That's Mike Ham or Mark Hampton. Mark or Mike Hampton territory. Yeah. Former Astro legend Mike Hampton. Um yeah, I mean he's hit pitchers who rake. Jacob DeGrom, oh gosh, Adam dude. Madison Bumgarner, it's over for you. Jacob speaking DeGrom. of pitcher, speaking of pitchers hitting, we didn't talk about it in that Padres Dodgers series, but how about Kershaw's plate discipline on that one at bat that he had? Mm-hmm. To, uh, to break the tie, literally drew a bases-loaded walk, drew the full count and everything. Very smart man. Very, very good at that. But, um, Kindred soul uh, yeah. is, is Clayton Kershaw. Got Clayton. Um, but yeah, the Mets are first in their division, man. Hey, hey, watch out for the Metropolitans. Yeah. Best team in New York right now. Uh-oh. 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 Where you at, Yankees fan? Sound the alarm. 
sound the alarm, man your stations. The Mets are a ball club. Um, yeah. Ronald Acuna is Ronald Acuna is Ronald Acuna. Um, but that's not even the best story on that team right now. The best story is Sean Kazmar Jr. 12 seasons. It's Crash Davis in real life. Shout out Bull Durham. 12 yeah. seasons grinding in the minors. We've talked about how crappy it is to be in the minor leagues and how little you get paid. 12 years after the fact, Kazmar returns to oh the Braves. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, the injury bug was what was what allowed it to happen. I mean, you had Pache go to the IL in the past week. You had Ender Inciarte in the outfield go. Uh, uh, I mean, they've they've really had you know quite a few injuries, which is uh why I guess you know they're struggling right now. But uh, I mean, they certainly abused the Cubs well enough on Sunday Night Baseball. We already talked about we already talked about that. Um, and hopefully Acuna's fine too, because man, that would suck if he was, if he had to be placed on the injured list too. I mean, we already had some names go, uh, this week, but Acuna did leave the Sunday night baseball with left abdominal pain. I want to say, or lower abdominal pain, Not uh, the but abdominal he's on, he's, pain. he's on pace for like a 50 homer, 30 stolen base season, possibly 40, 40. If he starts to steal more bases towards the end of the season, like 50, 30 has never been done. The closest is Larry Walker. Larry Walker had like a a 4730 or like a 4830. Um but Ronald Acuña is having uh one of the best single season starts in quite a while, probably since that Yelly Belly NL MVP race a couple seasons ago. Uh but I mean that those those Braves man, they're they're starting to pick it up. I'm not going to lie. Their offense was the issue uh a lot of the time. Their bullpen has also been somewhat of an issue. They've blown some leads at the end. Uh, but they've they they're starting to pick up the pace. They were very very not good to start the season. They've won five of their last ten. They're a 500 team right now essentially. Um, and and they're, the the good thing for them is there's not a team in the NL East who's stand out better than anybody else. I mean the only team with a positive run differential right now is the Miami Marlins. Shout out! I don't know Jazz if that's going to be sustained. Shout out Jazz Chisholm. But I picked him a week too early, man. We yeah, talked man. about this before. I mean Jazz Chisholm had a week. Yeah, two homers this week, OPS of like 1,400, I want to say. But he was good. And speaking, one last thing about the Braves, not really about the Braves, more about the Marlins. How about Adam Duvall's revenge tour against the Braves? Mm. Uh, They lose him in free agency, and in a four-game series, he goes six for 14 with three homers and nine RBIs uh, against his former team. One of those games was a two-homer, seven-RBI game in itself. Uh, So he had quite the time against his his former teammates. Get him. Um, Gets in Adam Duvall. But I mean, what else are we looking at in the NL East? Nationals are still at the bottom right now. I don't know how long that's going to continue. I think the Marlins will eventually end up there. But Steven Strasburg is headed to the IL, uh, which is never good because never he's good. got a I mean, he's got a history of injuries too. If he starts to get into trouble this early in the season with his arm, I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen later in the season. Uh, so hopefully the fact that they're resting him right now gets him ready for the, for the later season, especially if they're competing for a playoff spot. Uh, but the only other thing I've got about the Nats was Kyle Schwarber, man. That walk-off oh, that was a- four, 463-foot shot. Kapunk. Skapunk. Absolute bo- It was a 0-0 game, too, in extras. Just, Adios. oh, my God. Adios, Pelota. Crazy. Look at him go. Um, Look at Schwarber thriving. Former Kyle. former Indiana Hoosier. Go Hoosiers. Hoosiers, man. Shout-out Darren Erst. I don't know. That's Nebraska. Indiana, oh. solid, decent program. You know, you know that's where the connection is. Former A or current ASU skip, uh, uh, what's his name? Tracy Smith. 
my man. There you go. Used to be a part of the Hoosiers baseball program. So, yeah, and at least is the end. At least is, uh, you know, and hey, you know, let's just keep on watching Ronald Acuna. I'll watch Acuna. I will yeah. watch him. I will. I will enjoy Hopefully that. we'll have the chance to, um, depending on how severe this injury is. I have, I didn't see anything. I know only said it was abdominal, abdominal pain, but I don't know uh, what's actually, you know, been confirmed about how bad the injury is. I don't know if they've done any MRI or anything. So uh, hopefully he's, he's going to be okay. Hopefully. Hopefully so. Uh, another uh, division where it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on right now? But I, I could have predicted this. The AL West. The Mariners are in first place. This is a shock to nobody. Not to me. Or not, not to nobody. It's not to me. The Mariners are always good at the beginning of the year and they taper off. That's just who they are. Um, they s- almost swept the Astros. If not for Zach Greinke pitching a dandy yeah, of a game. How about that? Uh, he could have gone the di- – I'm kind of mad Dusty didn't give him the ninth. He was only at like 90 pitches after eight. He could have gone the distance. Yeah, Dusty said um, we needed Zach. He was an ace. That's what aces do. Uh, and then when he, they were talking about why he didn't go the nine, it was because Presley's on the team to be our closer, and that's what he does. And then Zach even said, I, I have more confidence in Presley closing the game out than I do in myself closing the game out. So it's fair. And to be fair, to be fair, they were right. I mean, you can certainly second guess it if something happens, but Presley closed it out one, two, three, and I think like eight pitches. So mm-hmm. uh, it was it was an easy ninth for him. So I'm glad he closed that out. Otherwise, we would have been in trouble. And the Astros um, are in trouble, not just on the field, but off the field with COVID yeah. protocol. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Martin Maldonado, and Robel Garcia to the injured list, along with Blake Taylor. Um, there's COVID rampant not rampant i mean there's testing being done protocols being carried and the astros are still playing with uh solomon solomon number 71 don't even know his first name yeah Go for i couldn't tell you either uh, that, that blake taylor injury was gnarly too that ankle injury yeah it did not look fun no it looked not. like a, a severely sprained ankle in my very mind. severe but so uh four to six you know what maybe probably that's that's kind of what i'm thinking that kind of range but you know what there are still some bright spots we had a rough week we lost like six in a row i think up until that win against the mariners but uh we talked about yuli guriel last week has improved plate discipline he is still carrying the offense uh he had another very good week his walk rate is still very very high and uh i mean really other than that there aren't many hitters doing much right now for this team so it's a really good thing that he's in the middle of that order kind of kind of holding it down for us and uh, the other silver lining, I guess, to all this that I would say is that Jason Castro is getting more playing time and kind of kind of stating an argument for at least a platoon job with Maldonado once he comes back. Because Jason Castro has a 726 OPS, a 368 on-base percentage in the past week, which is the majority of his at-bats for the season. And he's in the 80th percentile in pitch framing. I know we talked about last week how Maldonado is literally like the best catcher in the league for that. He's 99th percentile, 100th percentile, like way up there. Uh, but Jason Castro is still well above average, and his pop time is almost identical to Maldi's, about 0.05 to 0.1 seconds slower. Um, so, I mean, Jason Castro certainly is not a a bad option at catcher. I think if, if we continue to have Maldonado hit, I mean, what is it, below 100, is his batting average. He's been absolutely awful at the plate so far this season. If he comes back and he looks a little bit better, fine. Uh, but I would at least like to see Dusty mess with maybe a platoon between the two. Yeah, I I, I know Jason Castro has a bat. It, yeah. it, it's a decent bat. It's a powerful bat at times. Um, but 
is he starting catcher worthy? I love the thought of him and Maldi. Because I know Maldi's on the mend, or was kind of maybe possibly on the mend. So if we can have two catchers that are like semi-decent, but like A-plus defending, then I'm down for that. I'm down for that. And it it gives you an option too. I mean, Castro, obviously the better hitter. Maldonado, obviously the better defender. Maybe you start Castro, and then once you get to the end of the game, if you have a lead, you put in Maldonado to kind of shut it down defensively, or vice versa. If you need some offensive spark towards the end of a game and Maldonado comes up to the plate, you pinch it, and then you have Castro as an option to come off the bench. But, I mean, you mentioned Castro as a power bat. He has three hits and 21 at-bats this season. Two of them are home runs. Yeah. Uh, So if he's going to hit the ball, it's probably going to be hit pretty hard. Um, and, and you know, 143 average doesn't look good on paper, but he also has an on-base percentage of 308. So as long as he keeps drawing walks at that rate, I mean, I'm not even worried about the fact that his average is so low, especially because the backup plan is, I mean, so much worse than him, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's, it's so much worse because Maldonado was terrible. Uh, so I guess we're just gonna have to continue to monitor that situation. We don't have a good catcher option right now i would say mm-hmm. it's not a it's not something where you're gonna have a james mccann or yasmani grandal just yeah. there for you for the taking um who were both white Sox last season yeah i know i was Sox. just about to point that out. i was like hey what about that <laughs> um but no it was it was you know i think the astros are gonna be just fine and oh yeah me too it's just a matter of being healthy and playing c- good baseball yeah. Um, so we'll see that. And, you know, oh, we talked about two former White Sox. Let's talk about another former White Sox. Dane Dunning, noted member of the Red Spec Club. Ten shutout innings this week. Hey, howdy, hey. He's shoving. How, How about, about Dane? Him and Kyle Gibson both had good weeks. Gibson also threw like 15-something innings, I think, with uh, with one or two earned runs allowed. So uh, the Rangers staff is nasty all of a sudden? Question mark? Mm-hmm. Still at the bottom of the AL West? <laughs> Still with the full capacity where they should be, where they should be. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean that—that's all we're talking about the Rangers. Yeah, no, uh, Uh, I don't even know. The only reason we talked about it is because Dane Dunning is a noted member of the Rexpec Club, so we have to, by law, in the contract that we signed. You know, like what five months ago, right? You remember when we signed that? that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely so that's just what we have to do um and speaking of aces within the aos shohei otani is finally returning to the mound tomorrow after recovering from his little finger blister issue let's go let's go i am so excited i'm so pumped it, it, dude it, i when i said his name i just saw your face light up I, i'm just <laughs> you say his name i get pumped man i'm excited if he starts pitching on tuesdays the Astros and Angels are playing each other in a weak series, so I might be able to get to go watch Shohei Otani pitch, and that is oh, what man. made my Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am excited, okay? We saw what he did against the White Sox, what, a little over two weeks ago. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm excited. I just I miss uh, it. Mm, mm, mm. And it's great. He's still the best hitter alongside Trout on that team. His OPS is near a 1,000 still. Him and Trout are having, like, career seasons at the plate which is crazy to think about with how good trout has been like he's he hasn't slowed down at all he's still looking as good as ever um because he's a dog he's a man amongst boys i mean apart from one game this past season this past week where he struck out four times four strikeout game oh and first time since 2016 are you nuts are you crazy must be i must be because i don't i don't know if i was gonna ever see that again the platinum sombrero the platinum sombrero give it to michael um but he's the cycle he's still raking 
you know, the Angels are still the Angels, and they didn't get to play this weekend due to COVID um, yeah. within the Twins organization. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But as a whole, the team is doing good. You have Lord Bundy. You have yeah. um, you have great pitching ish yeah. kind of i, I mean, mean better than we anticipated yes i wouldn't call it great yet but i mean they had no expectations coming into the season apart from shohei otani and they've held it down uh i'll give them credit i mean the addition of junior guerra ricella glacius mike myers has done really well he only has a 1.13 era and he's played in seven games um this team's been kind of shut down uh and you know what Similar to the Padres, they also have a position player who can come in and pitch in a pinch. Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh. How about it? Should I pull up Jared it? Walsh's minor league pitching stats? Because they're pretty disgusting. If you he, ask. he's got major league pitching stats too. I mean, he's uh, a he was a he was a relief pitcher for the Angels like two seasons ago. And those were dark right. days. Those were dark days. Oh man. Um, I, I will say. I will say the the Angels do still need to figure out the starting pitching, but their bullpen has been better than in past seasons. You mentioned Junior Guerra; he's thrown seven innings shutout out of the bullpen, which is huge for them, especially because Cobb in two starts has a four point six ERA. Griffin Canning in two starts has a five point two ERA. Heaney in three starts has a five point six ERA. Quintana in two starts has a sixteen point two ERA. I mean, they don't really have any starting pitchers right now aside from Dylan Bundy. Who are who are going Lord out and throwing Bundy. good games and and, and Shohei Otani obviously. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, that's the guy. But those two guys are putting together starts, and uh, you got the work. offense is obviously good. Uh, Rendon going to the IL might hurt them a little bit for these upcoming couple weeks, but I don't think it's a long term injury. He should be okay. Um, uh, but I yeah, mean, in 2019, Jared Walsh appeared in five games and a 1.80 ERA. Five games, five go. innings pitched, three hits, one run, one earned. No home That's pretty runs, good. Six walks, five strikeouts. You got to love walk it. Rate. You got to love it. You got to manageable love it. though. So AL West is weird. I guess the A's are starting to like not have to play the Astros. They've won eight in a row, nine out of 10. What are, what are the odds? The Mariners are still in first place at the end of next at the end of next week. Mm. Let me, let me phrase it this way. Actually out of the Mariners, the Reds and the Royals, which team is most likely to still be in first place next week? Reds. Reds. What about between those two AL teams, Royals rank, and Mariners? Yeah, I'll rank it in this. So I'll go Reds, Royals, Mariners in that order. Okay. I think I'm going to do the same. And the only reason I say that is because the Mariners are only a half game ahead of the Angels right now, and the Royals have a game and a half on the Indians, uh, two games on the White Sox. So I think the White Sox could maybe make a run on the Royals this week or the Indians within two games, but Angels and Athletics both within one game of the Mariners. We didn't even talk about the Athletics. How about the fact that they've won eight games in a row, yeah, that's nine huge. out of ten? That is huge. I mean, to be fair, th the last three have been against the Tigers, but still, when you win that, no, the last four have been against the Tigers and then two against the Diamondbacks. Uh, so they haven't been, you Playing know, the best crazy good teams, but you know what? They deserve it after that 10 game start that they had at the beginning of the season, seven against Houston, three against the Dodgers, because that was brutal. Uh, so they deserve a little bit of a break. And now they're getting more of a break because their first game against the Twins has also been postponed today. So lovely. I mean, I mean, <laughs> the athletics are the athletics are sitting pretty right now. Yeah, the Mariners get this week, they get the Dodgers for two. That'll be fun. Off day. And then they get a weekend series with the Red Sox, who have been okay. hot as of who late. are hot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Could be in I, trouble. I'm going to go with the uh, the Rojos. Go red. Yeah. Red legs. Let's yeah. do it. So I'll, I'll go same order as you. Stop. And we can talk about the uh, other team in the AL Central. How about the Royals? 
Love it. Yeah. I love it. I eat it up every day of the week. Jorge Soler, Whit Merrifield, and Andrew Oh my Benjamin. god, Whit Merrifield, dude. Whit Merrifield's an absolute dog. He's he's so fun to I've like I've I'm not playing fantasy baseball this season, but every season that I've played fantasy baseball, I think I've had Whit Merrifield on my team just because he's so good and nobody knows who he is. This guy has a 918 OPS, a 547 slugging percentage. Uh he's got only 7 strikeouts this year and 53 at bats, 5 walks, 5 stolen bases. Uh, he's coming for Ramon Laureano at the top of that leaderboard. Three homers as well, 11 RBIs. I mean, he leads this team in most of the major categories. The only person near him in most of them is Salvador Perez. Um, I mean, like you said, they've got Soler off to a slow start this season, batting below 200, only one homer. He should pick it up. Um, Benintendi has started to pick it up. He had a rough start to the season as well, but he's got you know, still only a 216 average, 560 OPS, which is not what you look for. But I mean, Salvi and Whit Merrifield are carrying this team right yeah, now offensively. I mean, and that's been enough. Expect a batting average of 332. That's in the top nine percentile of the league. That's good. Uh, that's what you look for. Wade Davis in his homecoming has been very good. Uh, and you got to love it. You got to love yeah. the Royals. You got to love Kauffman Stadium. And you really got to love the fountains out in center field because those are fun oh, to yeah. look at. Even when you're catching a game, okay, getting kind of boring, boom. You got fountains. fountains. They're right there. I mean, How about Danny great. Duffy, too? Yeah. Dan- Let's give Danny Duffy some love. Two yes. starts, two quality yes. starts, two wins. Yes, please. That's that's what you ask for. Jake Junis as well has uh, has two starts this year, 1.5 ERA, two earned runs in 12 innings. So he's been very good. He's a guy that I like to watch sometimes. He's a uh, he's a nice little starter on the mound that not a lot of people have heard of. He's young, too. So um, I enjoy watching him. I am going to say I, I, I misspoke about uh mr mr davis he's he's appeared in six games he has one save he's has a 4.76 era only five strikeouts hey closer well they've closed they have saves from four different guys greg holland's the only one with multiple but they've also got saves from barlow zimmer han and davis they're missing they're missing kelvin herrera and they have their entire back end of their world series rotation or, and uh, i mean i mean part of that too could be somewhat of an analytics move because i know a lot of teams are starting to move towards you know the save technically goes to the guy who pitches the ninth but if like the sixth or seventh inning is the most high stakes inning in a baseball game why wait to put your closer in just put your closer in for the inning that like it matters the most uh and it's it's something that i kind of go back and forth with but i do see the reasoning and i do think i agree with the reasoning to an extent that you know if you have you know, bases loaded, two outs in the seventh inning in a one-run game. Who's to say you can't put in your closer right there? Why do you have to wait until it says that it's the ninth inning? Just put him in right there. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I get it. I think it it acts as a – when you don't have a bullpen that is deep, that yeah. acts as a temporary band-aid because hypothetically you bring your closer in for the seventh inning, right? Yeah. He gets you locked down, but then for the eighth and ninth, what are you doing? Do you? I mean, it gives it gives your offense more of a chance too. I mean, if it's a one run game and then you give your offense another inning to go out there and put up one or two runs, then you've got a two run cushion for whoever you put in after that. So, yeah, I mean, if it's a one run game in the ninth, yeah, if it's a one run game in the ninth and you've already wasted your closer, then obviously you're kind of wishing you had him. Uh, but I mean, that's that's an argument for another day. I see both sides, like, like Chanel, Chanel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh Anyway, uh, the Twins are also struggling with their COVID issues. Uh, my breakout player of the <laughs> week from last week, Mr. Kyle Garlick, he broke out and got COVID. Uh, and yeah. 
broke out into an isolation. Uh, feel bad for Kyle Garth. Get well soon, Kyle Garth. It was after he got the vaccine, too. I believe he was one of the ones that got Johnson & Johnson, so he's probably going to get clowned for that. Oh, man. The J&J. <laughs> Not doing good for Kyle Garland. No. Andrelton Simmons as well is the other one that tested positive, I believe. Um, so Kyle Garland. Not what you look man. for. Uh, he was having a he was if it if it makes you feel any better, he was having a rough week before yeah, before he, he got COVID. He was having too. a tough time. Uh, <laughs> his last seven games, he's four for eighteen with three runs, two RBIs, and seven punchies. So uh, not optimal. Cal but... Poly Pomonograd from La Habra, California. Him. What a beast. Shout out to Kyle Garlic. What a man. man. You got does he have any nicknames? Doesn't have any <laughs> nicknames. It feels oh, like it should be easy. He's got hobbies. obvious. He's got hobbies in his bio. What do you think his oh, okay. hobbies are, Owen? I'm thinking probably like stamps. Maybe like quarters. So Am this, I right? This is probably the most basic when you go to the Little League World Series, it's probably the most basic one. Hobbies include Baseball spending cards. time with my family and friends and playing video games. What are you, 12? <laughs> He's literally a 12-year-old. What are you, 12, Kyle? <laughs> Grow up, Kyle Garlic. What a champ. Jeez. Oh, I wish he had, a, like, he could have a dope nickname. There's a lot of potential there. His last name's literally Garlic. I mean, come on. Come on, be Gar- Garlic bread. Garlic powder. Garlic powder. <laughs> garlic clove. You know there's definitely an inside <laughs> nickname for him. You know, his, Oh, I'm sure there is. His positions listed on baseball reference are left fielder and pinch hitter. <laughs> pinch hitter is one of his positions. That's where he specializes. 28th oh, round pick, by the way. Shout out. Shout out. He grinded. Made his, made his way all the way to the league. Yeah. So grinded can't at, hate on him for that. Grinded, at, uh, grind, grinded Cal Poly. Also attended the University of Oregon at Eugene. Shout yeah. out Eugene. Speaking of grinders, we ha- we somehow haven't even mentioned the fact yet that Carlos Rodon of my Chicago White Sox threw a no-no this past week against the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians had a rough week. Um and and you know, as part from Shane Bieber, that's kind of been the story of these past few months for them ever since Francisco Lindor got traded. But Carlos Rodon how about it? He's coming off two major surgeries in the past couple seasons, and he just went out there and threw like a dog. A man. A grown um, man. Oh, oh, mercy. Represented uh, by Scott Boris, by the way. Forest Corp client, Carlos Radon. Um, there was a lot of Astros fans asking to tank for Radon back in those good old days. I yeah, he was, a, he was a top pick. Ah, jeez, uh, that was a fun game to watch. It should have been a, it should have been a perfect. Uh, it should have, could have been. It, it could have been. Uh, yeah. Misplaced slider. I was thinking he was going to go to a changeup in that situation. Ended up going with the slider. Nick's, uh, Nick somebody who was uh, irrelevant. He had yeah. a no hitter. It was, was a, it was Roberto Perez. Yeah, he knew it was, it was, yeah, man. Yeah, he, he almost had the perfecto. Kind of sucks, but you know what? Uh. He's still, you know, I, you know what's kind of funny too. You were talking about that draft. You know who you, who the Astros took that year? It was 2014. We took Brady Aiken, who didn't sign. So and then we got we got Alex Bregman. So yeah, we got Bregman out. Of I, you know, so I'll you know what? It. It's fine. I'll take. But it. uh, take for Rudeau. Yeah. J.K. Don't. Uh, but NC State grad. Wow. Okay. How about fair it? enough? How about fair enough? So uh, his nickname is Los, and he he pitched like a dog. I I really his career has not been nearly what 
we thought it once would be. And yeah. it's not to say his career is not over yet. I mean, it's all it's 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 all injuries. It, yeah. It, it, when he it's like a Strasburg situation. When he's healthy, he's hey, nasty. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's just so happy to see that for him. Anytime a pitcher can go out there, but we can't forget the last time someone threw a perfect game, Owen, his name was King Felix. Felix. How yeah. long ago does that seem? It's been nine years. We weren't in That's high crazy. school. We weren't in we high were school. Closed. We were close. We were in I was, school. I was chilling. I was chilling in fifth grade when that happened. Probably to be honest, 2011, I think I was in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade. Yeah, Jeez. so uh, it's been a long time. We were but, young I mean, tops, we came man. super close. We came super close. Jeez. Uh, his interview after the game too was hilarious. I stayed to watch it. Uh, it was it was Benetti interviewing him. I love Benetti on on he's a as, big, an, as an announcer. Big Benetti. He's a he's a great he's a great announcer. Uh, you know, but uh, Rodon's interview after was funny too. I don't remember you know the specifics from it, but he just seems like a super down to earth guy. I mean, he was he was brutally honest with him. I mean, Benetti was asking him like you know, a season ago, if I had told you, uh, that you were going to come out tonight and throw a no hitter, uh, would you have believed me? Or like, what would you have said to me? And he was, uh, he said, like, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, but you know what? He, he got, I think $3 million. He's non-tendered. Uh, maybe after this season, he becomes a free agent and gets some money somewhere else because of this, who knows? Uh, but I'm happy for the guy. Big happy, big happy for him. And Let's talk about the Indians for a little bit, huh? Uh, not for a long time. Just I want to pinpoint who we talked about last week. Tristan McKenzie, um, the young stud for the Indians, came out and pitched against the Rojos on, when was this? April 17th. That was what, yesterday? Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Saturday. Um, five innings, five hits, one earned run, four walks, and seven strikeouts. That's big. He didn't get a win, but still. No. Um, no, not bad. He's their second best starter or third best starter right now. Savale has been good too. This season's got a 3.55 ERA, two games started. I can't complain. I can't complain. So shout out Tristan McKenzie. Shout out to Carlos Rodon. Very excited for him. Very happy for Rodon. Uh, And then staying with that team, Lance Lynn. Yeah. Innings eater. We we, we highlighted him last week, but we're highlighting him onto the IL. Yeah. Sad. You hate to see it. You hate it's to see painful. it. But, uh, um, you know, this is this has kind of been the division of aces. Obviously, the other one to talk about would be uh, the probable AL Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber. Uh, just absolute historic run of strikeouts. He struck out 13 against the Reds today. Uh, gave up, I think, three earned, got the win. He had an 11 strikeout complete game shutout against the White Sox earlier in the week. Uh, but he is... The first pitcher in Major League history to begin the season with four straight starts of at least 10 strikeouts since the mound was moved in 1893. So, I mean, he is he's doing things that have haven't been done in over a, over a century since they were um, actually called the spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Before they were. I'm hoping they call themselves the spiders. Man, That, that would be great. Would be, I, w- I hope they I do. would cry tears of joy. It would but, be wonderful. Um, but yeah, Shane Bieber's a dog. He's, we, I mean, we, we can kind of just say his name at this point and you already know what we're going to say. Exactly. Um, there's not a situation where we're not going to give Shane Bieber praise. Yeah. Simply put. Because he's insane. Too. Big golfer guy. Is he? Yeah. Didn't know that. L- little golfer fan. Who isn't, honestly? Um, I used to think he was related to Justin. I was really confused about that until he had like the players weekend, like where it was like not Justin. That's uh, a good it nickname. Was his, yeah, that's a good nickname, but like. 
I like for the long. I wish he would have just gone along with it. Like I wish he would have like coordinated with Justin and they just pretended they were brothers. Yeah, that would be dope. because that would have we'll, been great. We'll photo photo edit together. Yeah, because like, I had no clue. I I was honestly convinced that they were related. So yeah, good for him. Good for Shane. Shane's great. Yeah. Indians not great. Cleveland baseball team, I should say, not great. No, not um, great. Moving on to our last division on the AL East, uh, where it's it's you know hey, how about the upside Rays? down. And how it's about a little bit upside down? Five and ten. Ha ha ha. This is the first time since 1998 they have been the worst team in the American League by record. Like flat out, like the worst team. It hasn't happened in over 20 years. But I mean, I'm excited to see it. I, I'm not gonna, it. They're they're playing so badly that Jay Bruce just retired today. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I'm, he said, I'm done with this. He, can't, this he came to New York to win games and he wasn't winning games. He wasn't hitting the ball. So he just said, you know what, guys, I'm just going to do you a favor. You don't have to release me. I'm just going to retire. And and he's gone. He was hitting 118 on the season uh, with a war of negative 0.3. So uh, he was clearly reaching the end of his career. I was honestly surprised that he was on a major league roster this season. Uh, but you know what? It was a great career, Jay. You had a great career. Out of bud. Beaumont. Beaumont, Out of Texas, Beaumont. West He's a Texas guy. Um, yeah, career 20 war guy. Uh, 319 homers. Yeah. Respectful. Solid. Very solid player. Solid veteran. And uh, let's see. Yep. He played 10 years in the big league, so he gets a full MLB pension. Great. There you go. Awesome. So uh, two, three-time All-Star. 2016 was an All-Star with the Blue Jays. Played for a lot of teams. Yeah, two-time really? Silver Slugger as well, both with Cincinnati. But you know what? I, I It was a good career, Jay. Uh, you will be missed by the rest of the MLB. Yeah, the Phillies, Yankees, Mariners, Indians, Mets, and the, the Reds. Reds. Played for six teams. No, he was an all-star in 2016 for... No, the he, he played. He played for Cincinnati. He got traded. Yeah, not Toronto. To, to the he Mets. Didn't play for Toronto. Yeah, no, it was Cincinnati to the Mets. Still, but uh, good for Jay. Good for Jay. Good for, good for Jay. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't have to play with the worst team in the AL by record right now. Yeah, uh-huh. man. Don't want to be a Yankees fan right now. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, I love the fact that Brett Phillips was playing former Astro prospect Brett Phillips. <laughs> Infectious laughter, Brett Phillips playing oh, yeah. left field for the end of the series. Here's the Yankee crowd just booing him, saying words we cannot say on the air. The last out is recorded. He goes, turns around to the left field bleachers, and bows. What a power move. What a power move. Just a big F you to the Yankees. The Rays have had the Yankees number, and you got to love it, man. Swept them again. It's beautiful. But, uh... I mean, this this team, man. My my sleeper pick for uh, the MVP in the American League is not looking too hot. Glaber Torres is batting 196 right now with a 235 slugging percentage. He has 10 hits, only two of them are extra base hits, and they were both doubles. Uh, so he is a nuisance in that lineup right now. And on the side of pitching, I mean, they've got Garrett Cole, and then they've got everybody else especially in that starting rotation. I mean, who else do they have? Jordan Montgomery, 4.2 ERA. Kluber has an ERA over six. Jamison Tyon has an ERA over seven. Mm. Domingo Herman has an ERA of nine. Mm. And Nick Nelson, who has also started a game, has an ERA of 10.8. 
So uh, their their only starting pitcher really right now is Garrett Cole. So they'll win one out of every five games. But you know what? Ask me if I feel bad for the Yankees. Do you feel bad for the Yankees? No. I don't no. either. I love it. Yeah. I you know what it. else I love? I love Tyler Glass Me now. too. He me was my too. AL Cy Young pick, and he is a dog right now. He is arguably the second best pitcher in the MLB right now behind Corbin Burns. Maybe third or fourth if you want to put Bieber or DeGrom ahead of him. But he is a top five pitcher right now. Uh, he just had another absolutely insane week, battled through hand cramps in his last start. He was in a lot of pain on the mound, but then came out and finished the start. Uh, in four starts, he has gone 24 and two-thirds innings with a .73 ERA, a .65 whip, and approximately 14 strikeouts per nine innings. Kaboom. Um, he, he's been great. Yesterday, like I said, against the Yankees, five innings of one run ball, two hits, Four walks, seven Ks. The four walks is a little bit worrying to me because a lot of the kind of uh, turnaround for him was the fact that he was locating the ball really well in his first three starts. And that is something that he's going to want to monitor, get those walks down once again to, you know, the zeros, the ones, the twos that he was putting up at the beginning of the season. Four is high. Um, But I mean, he's the ace in that staff. They've got to start to put trust in him. They've got to get him out there for a lot of innings. And the only way you do that is keeping the pitch count down, which you can do by not walking batters. So. Uh, I'm not super worried about him. I don't think anyone should be worried about him right now. He's absolutely insane. Uh, his MLB percentile rankings are nuts. His expected ERA, 98th percentile. Expected opponent batting average, 97th percentile. The list goes on and on. He actually has the highest spin rate of anybody on his curveball in the league. He's in the 100th percentile there. Uh, so he's just an absolute analytic freak. And he's also six foot eight. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> You know He's the a video. presence. You know the I do. video I'm referencing I do. Uh, I do. You know the video I'm referencing there. I might even throw that clip in as I'm editing it. Why not? <laughs> you know, why not? I love Tyler Glass. You know, Owen, you said he was your Cy Young pick. You know who my Cy Young pick was? Who's that? Tyler Glass. Now, because great minds think alike, and that is the only correct pick. Only correct <laughs> pick. I'm sorry. Did I pick? I think I picked Acuna, too. I want to say I picked Acuna. I want to go back and look at that. Two weeks in. Because... I think I picked Ronald Acuna. And if I did, boy, did that age well. Um, I know who I picked. Yeah? Um, I picked Tatis. That's probably not aging too well right now. Um, no. My, my Otani MVP pick, my Otani MVP pick <laughs> is kind of nice right now. Yeah? It's looking okay. I Obviously, coming off the, coming off the mound for a little bit kind of hurt him. But you know what? It's okay. Um, God, I'm trying to find the, uh, I'm trying to find the graphic we put up on our, uh, on our Twitter at controlled chaos pod at C N T R L D chaos pod. Shameless. Um, shameless indeed. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to keep talking while we look for that because the Boston Red Sox are still in first place. Nathan Yavaldi of Alvin high school is still a beast. He has a 2.08 ERA in three starts, two and one record. Um, and they're just hitting the ball, man. JD Martinez cooled down this week. He had a pretty slow week overall, but he still has an OPS of 1200. So that should tell you something about how good he has been. Uh, Xander Bogarts has also been very good. Has an OPS of 927 on the season. Rafael Devers has 14 RBIs, five homers, 536 slugging percentage so far. Alex Verdugo has been good out in center field. Uh, certainly no, no Mookie bets, but he's done a good job replacing him. Uh, obviously making the best of a poor situation for himself, but mm-hmm. 
I mean, they're looking good. They're looking Shout good. out Marwin too. I'm happy Marwin's on a winning team again. You gotta love. It. Yeah, it feels like it feels like everywhere Marwin Gonzalez goes, the team just wins. Marwin might not be having the best season, but you know, it's whatever. Good yeah. for the Red Sox. Good for the Red Sox. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh, and I, I can confirm, by the way, Ronald Acuna was my pick for MVP. And Jacob DeGrom was my pick for Cy Young. So Smart I'm looking man. pretty good in that. Uh, my AL MVP pick, Tim Anderson, is not looking too hot. But um, that's pro- partly because he's been hurt. Yeah, he has been hurt. So I can't do much about that. But, so, I mean, I'm kind of wishing I had picked Yermin as my MVP pick. Because then I, mean, I might honestly, have been right. Honestly, why not? Uh, so, yeah. Go go Red Sox. We're going to foreshadow, possibly, because we still got to get to our breakout players of the week. But Are we doing that now or later? No, we're doing that later. And we still got a okay. lot of stuff to talk about in the other section. After we get done with the MLB, which we are, we're going to talk about Saturday night's concert slash boxing event slash stage slash what was that? Jake Paul. Undefeated. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I wasted like three hours of my Saturday night watching that. Well, at least you didn't waste fifty dollars of your own. No, money. I didn't. Anybody that pays I mean, for pay per views is just you're dumb. You're silly. Uh, for legal reasons, that was a joke. That was a joke. Right, we're covered. We're covered. <laughs> I spent fifty dollars. <laughs> no, I. Didn't. I don't know about you, but I spent fifty. Ah, really? I got the VIP yeah. pack. It was sixty. I dropped half of Ben Franklin on it. <laughs> I cut my hundred dollar bill in half so I could watch Jake Paul <laughs> fight out of I, shape. So I could watch Jake Paul beat a middle aged dad in the first round, <laughs> whose nickname is Funky. <laughs> he slumped Funky Ben. Let me tell you, <laughs> Funky Ben did not have a good outing. Funky Ben was gone in less than a minute. <laughs> oh man! Good God. <laughs> Man, Funky Ben got up after he got knocked down and he stumbled a little bit. The referee said that was it. He said, that's it, bro. <laughs> you done. <laughs> he said, good tribe, man. But uh, uh, The winner of the night is over. easily Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg oh, it has to on be. boxing commentary. This time without a filter. You know, when you pay for the pay-per-view, Owen, you yeah. get, they get to say curse words. Oh, yeah, it was unfiltered. So uh, I think Dogg- I think and honestly, I think they relied on that a little bit too much. I thought it was weird, too, that they kept asking the people like on the broadcast, like, hey, man, are you high right now? Like on a scale of one to ten, how high are you right now? Are you now? baked? Are you baked? Like you got a contact high or what? Like did they give you a blunt in the back? Are you baked right now? Are you? Are you? <laughs> I saw someone tweeting that like they're literally just the feds. Like yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> Is weed even legal in Georgia? No. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna have just gonna have the SWAT team bust into Mercedes Benz Stadium mid fight. The play by play guys just sideways and op for the FBI. Yeah. Snoop Dogg, I asked Susan, Snoop are Dogg you high? Imprisoned. <laughs> Snoop Dogg gets put in handcuffs on live television. That's honestly the only thing that pay-per-view was missing. They had performances from like every single like just meme name in in like the entire yeah. pop culture scene. I mean Doja Cat was there. Bieber. Uh, I want to say, yeah, Bieber was there. The Black Keys were there. Shout out Black Keys. Jeez. Uh Saweetie performed my type. That was a great one. Yeah. Um, and Pete Davidson was there. Of all people. Yeah, Pete, Why is Pete, Pete Davidson, Davidson? Pete Davidson was just walking around doing whatever he wanted. He, he was talking shit. to the fighters. He was in the play-by-play. I mean, he was just doing whatever. God, uh, how much it, money does Triller have? You know, <laughs> they're just like, let's just get all the people, everybody under one roof. And let's just, I just want to know happens. how they, tur- I just want to know how they turned into that. They were like, they were literally like musically a year ago. 
Yeah. Like, they were basically, like, the sequel of Musical.ly a year ago. People made fun of Triller. And now they're, like, they're putting on these events. Boxing promoter. <laughs> what a pivot. <laughs> the boxing equivalent of, like, just a strip club. That felt like that felt like a strip club, but just boxing. It's like, oh, my God. It's like the Grand Theft Auto of boxing <laughs> promoters. <laughs> yeah. It's literally just happen. Grand Theft Auto. Anything's possible. God. That was a meme. That was I, I I I was at the baseball game. I turned the fight on. I saw Ben, funky Ben, just go to the <laughs> ground, and then he leaves the ring just cheesed up, knowing he got a big bag. <laughs> yeah, he still got out. his money. Oh my goodness! I think I, I could tell with the weigh in. Whole, homeboy had rolls. Like he yeah. did not train for this. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was just that was just terrible. What I, a I, fight! Shout out boxing. I can't what a wait. boxing debut for Ben. Jeez. Okay, what's the what's the money line Canelo Jake Paul? <laughs> I I would pay money to see that. That's a oh, pay per view I would pay for. I would God. pay for to see that live. They'd have to have they'd have to have the stretcher like right there next to the ring, or else they wouldn't get to him in time. After Canelo just oh, destroyed him, Canelo just be like, <laughs> yeah, Canelo <laughs> would put him to sleep in seconds. Jeez, I think one one fight we could see is. Uh, another popular you know not me like youtube guy but like an actual boxer ryan garcia him yeah. and jake paul i could see that happening Ooh, i could too and I would that's, love a, to that's one i would love to see uh, i know he, ryan he wins play. oh man uh he he wins that every single time so uh so jake paul congratulations you're a meme you're just a meme it's simple as that um geez that's horrible. oh man um, oh man so anyway, anyway, moving on, uh, a dark day, and let's let's go from some memes to some dark day of football, according to sources, or sources being anybody that likes soccer or that likes European soccer, the Super League of football, Super whatever, European Super League, twelve teams. How about it? Every big team: Barcelona, Madrid, Man City, Man U, Tottenham. Liverpool, boo! You don't like Liverpool, uh, nah. among others. Uh, AC Milan, Atletico, uh, Inter Milan. Um, did you say? Yeah, I'll just re- I'll just we're just gonna go from the beginning. I'll read the whole list. All right, AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Man City, Man U, Real Madrid, and Tottenham. And they're trying to add three teams every season based on the past season's performance. So almost like a Champions League type thing where it's those 12 teams all the time. And then they invite three teams, essentially. Like the three teams that aren't in it that performed really well the past season. Yeah. So we'll probably see Leicester in it at some point. Um, I don't know enough about the other major leagues. Maybe Bayern Munich uh, comes in or maybe oh, Dortmund. Damn, they're good. Yeah. Um, I mean, someone from the German League. Jeez. But... Um, I will say one thing. Okay. Um, the reason I like soccer, or at least European soccer, is because you have to be good in order to play at the highest level. If you have a bad or off year, you're gone. You have to work your way back up. Um, so the fact that they're leaving out these big clubs, not big clubs, but clubs like my own, Everton, that, you know, they're still it's a competition. It shouldn't, you shouldn't just like automatically get a, Hey, here you go. And the reason yeah. why they're doing this is, uh, the champions league. Um, they want more money. They don't get as much as yeah. a cut and everything's about money nowadays. Um, but I will say this as well. FIFA and UEFA are not a fan of this no. because they said, if this plan goes through, they are prepared 
to ban anybody playing on those teams from playing in the World Cup or the UEFA, the UEFA Cup, whatever that is. Uh, the, the one where all the European teams play each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. The uh, God, what's it called? Is it just it's just called the Euros, I think. That's the Euros. Yeah. Yeah. So for that, I, I think I don't think there's a way that this goes through because you're going to see players like, so hey, I'm not going to play for Man U if I can't play for, you know, my country. Yeah, that kind of that kind of hurts the fan experience, too, to, at some point, because I, I get that, you know, as fans, it would you would love to see this. It's like an all star all star game type thing like every week. Um, but at the same time, I mean, they already have the champions league. And like you said, I mean, if they're going to have all these sanctions placed on the teams or on the players that play in these, in these tournaments, in these, you know, in this super league, then at what point do the fans stop caring about the fact that they're getting this super league in the middle of the week and realize that like, Hey, when the world cup comes around, when the euros come around, you're not going to get these players. The Champions League will be no more. Well, even uh, in which the Premier certainly... League, if they do this, they will be kicked out of the Premier League. They won't be yeah. allowed in. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So then you'd have Everton being third at the table. Hey, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But still, um, I don't like this. I don't. And no, I, I, don't I, I think there's been a far outcry on pretty much everybody that enjoys soccer or football that this cannot happen. And hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully cooler heads will prevail. Um, yeah. But very scary. JP JP Morgan uh, underwriting the project as well. A billion. Don't know if you knew that. A billion? Six billion, six six billion, billion dollars distributed to loans as loans to the teams. So uh, how about that? How about money? How about money having a day over in Europe? Yeah, it's uh, crazy. That's crazy. Speaking of soccer, Owen, your team, Austin FC, they had their team debut. They did. And I watched it. It's the first time I've watched a soccer game in years. I mean, but I it, it wasn't it wasn't a pretty outing from Austin FC. I will say they did look like a debut team. Uh, for the most part, they did a good job defending against LAFC. Our our keeper had a day. He had like eight saves. I want to say. I mean, he was looking good out there. Uh, the second goal was a was a cupcake goal. We were going all out attack to try to get a draw at the end of the game. They went on a counter attack. Unlucky bounce off of our center back's leg, and they got a breakaway goal essentially, where it was two on one for the keeper. He had no shot. Uh, but but I mean it says two nil. It was basically one nil. Um, a pretty good pretty good debut, all things considered, because you know a lot of expansion teams, uh, you kind of expect them to get blown out of the water their first season, and that wasn't what this was. Uh, we just looked a little disorganized offensively. Once the boys figure that out, get a little scheme going, uh, we'll be in good shape. Shout out Cecilio Dominguez, first pick in the MLS Super Draft. He's one of our midfielders. They have some good kits too. I like their kits. They do. The kits are nice. I love the I love the logo too with the tree on it. Mm-hmm. It's very. I think it's a really cool. It's very logo. hype. I like the yeah. color. The shade of green is good. All it's the like yeah, around. it's like the dark green. I'm a it's big nice. fan. I'm a big fan of everything that they got going for them. Looking. Do you know? Did you know that our uh, our mascot or like our nickname is the Austin Verde? I believe Austin Green. Yeah. Wow, that's very very. Yeah, that's the that's what the signature color is called. It's called bright verde, not bright green. Bright verde, paying yeah. homage, man. Paying homage, love it. There you go. Embracing la cultura, love it. Eat it up, just I dude. I got it. so excited. To, I saw I saw a headline earlier in the week that said like Austin FC signs Pulisic, and it was Will Pulisic, no. our backup goalkeeper. Uh, but you know what? We've got a former U.S. men's national team member on the team, Matt Beesler. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, holding it down at, at center back. We've got Alexander Ring from Finland. Uh, we've got John Gallagher from Ireland. We've got Kekuta Mane from Gambia. 
I mean, we've got all continents represented almost. I don't think we have anybody from Australia, but that's all we're missing. The Gambian Goblin. Yeah. How about that? So looking, what a guy looking for. I, I don't know where they fit in and where there's a rivalry between uh, FC Dallas and the Dynamo. But the mm. Austin's is going to be like the same. Maybe we get like maybe we get like a three way rivalry going. Yeah. Battle for the. the, the yeah. I don't know. The Baseball has the boot. What would soccer have? Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe battle a, for the cleats. Yeah. A spur or something like that. They, they, they could get a three-way thing going. And the NBA right now has a Rocket Spurs Mavericks thing going where I'd say all three of those teams are kind of rivals with each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Austin FC fits their way in with FC Dallas and Houston Dynamo, some more well-established organizations. Well, but I'm excited to watch them this season. You love it. I'll, definitely, I'll definitely be tuning into some games this year. I'll say that. Go Verde. Viva Verde. Um, Owen. Viva La Verde. Viva La Verde. Ah. That's a good one. That's a great one. I love it. You're gonna you're gonna get like a little uh what are they? They get the towels or they're not. Oh towels, yeah, like uh, banners, the yeah. banner kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Make it. Make it happen. Uh you, I know have who, to. you know who didn't make it happen, Owen? Who? UT softball. Oh man. Oh, Rough man. week against OU. Best team in the country. Not not too worried, but we got run ruled all three games, kind of swept. Uh it was pretty ugly. Lost by double digits every game, I think. Maybe one of them we lost by nine only. But you know what? We'll, we'll be fine. We're still a ranked team. We're looking pretty good. So you I'll, know, I'll let you talk a little bit about ASU softball. ASU softball had a that. great weekend. Okay. They they win the, the – they sweep the conference matchups against the team down south uh, in Tucson, Arizona. I'm not even going to say their name. Uh, they went in, and Maddie Hackbarth is a cheat code. Uh, she is going to break the record, ASU softball record, for most home runs in a season quite easily. The ball explodes off of her bat. It is quite simply so much fun to watch. Uh, her and her sister Kendra are good. The team as a whole is just lovely to watch. I had the privilege of heading out to Club Barrington on Saturday to watch them trample the Wildcats. And it was fun to watch. They are one of the best teams in the country, and I'm looking forward to possibly seeing them in Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series. That so would we're be looking fun. forward to that. On the other side of the coin, the other diamond, college baseball, uh, a different tune. Uh, we almost switched sides. How was your yeah. baseball team? So uh, UT baseball is riding a 13-game winning streak right now. We had, you know what? It was a bit of an easier week for us. We had a two-game series victory, a series sweep of Nevada earlier in the week, and then sort of a uh, March Madness NCAA tournament revenge series against Abilene Christian, where we swept them. Uh, game one, we took 18 to nothing. So you know what? We kind of asserted our dominance in every other sport. Um, I will say, uh, UT is a baseball school. We are not a basketball school. So they were a football school. What happened? We're, we're not a football school either. We're actually a baseball school and a softball school and a swimming and diving school. Our men and women won the national championship for that this year and a volleyball school. Our volleyball team is pretty good. Um, you know what? I, I'll talk about basketball in a little bit too, because I'm excited about men's basketball, but we're going to stick with baseball for a second. I want to give a shout out to Tristan Stevens. He's our number two starter. Doesn't get as much attention because there's a guy named Ty Madden that pitches ahead of him. Future MLB first round pick. Uh, but Tristan Stevens has won six straight starts behind Madden and five of those six starts have been quality starts. So he has been absolutely amazing. And I talked about him very early on in the season. He is a guy 
that I expected to have a good season. He is a Juco transfer, Ivan Melendez. I want to talk about him one more time because despite missing seven games already this season, he's only appeared in 31 of our 38 games. Ivan Melendez leads the team in batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, home runs, and RBIs. He is batting 385 with a 1,200 OPS, eight homers, 37 RBIs. He is leading this offense alongside Zach Zubia, and this team's looking great. We're number three in the country. Uh, both of the teams ahead of us dropped a game this week. Arkansas and Vandy both dropped one game against their opponents. Uh, so you know what? Maybe maybe we launch up into the top two. Uh, I doubt it happens, but I mean, we're we're looking good right now. I think we'll have a we'll have a spot in Omaha come June. Oh wow, spot in Omaha. Uh, you got the pitching staff for it. Time out. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. Tanner Witt out of the bullpen's a dog. He's great. He's only a freshman. Faltini's a great shortstop. He's only a freshman. I mean, we um, look good. I can't say the same about ASU baseball. Um, so the Pac-12 is very, very close. I will say that. It's a very close conference. It's the Conference of Champions for a reason. Um, the, the Cardinal of Stanford came into town. ASU could have easily swept. I'm not easily. There was a, opportunities to sweep them. I was at all three games. Um, they dropped two out of three. Uh, the first game, they came back from behind to win. Quite possibly was one of the best wins of Tracy Smith's tenure of head coach at ASU. Um, but they go on to blow a seven or a five, nothing lead. One of it was five, six, seven, seven run lead that they blew. And they lost in 11, uh, last night or two nights ago, Saturday night. And then today, Sunday, it was a six, five game heading into the top of the ninth. And let's just say they entered the bottom of the ninth down by nine. Uh, they lost 12 to five, not fun. Um, but this team, at times is really good defensive side of the ball they're good offensive they they can get hits it's yeah. the little things it's it, it quite simply is little things there's opportunities that come around for them to get runs in but runners in scoring position they're not the best team they need to no. work on that um but i will say their schedule lightens up a little bit they get a midweek series with gcu federal phoenix school the locals hey, come into town private christian and affordable and they are yeah they in fact are affordable owen um and then they get a weekend uh, up in Utah, uh, Salt Lake City. They get to play the Utes of Utah. And then they get a little midweek action in Provo with BYU. So their their schedule lines up. Utah is not one of the better teams in the pack. So they should uh, go out and hopefully sweep them. That'd be great. That'd be optimal. Um, but as a whole, not the best. But elsewhere, uh, we have a new number one over. Yeah, and and you know what you you were talking about ASU schedule. I'm gonna go back to UT's schedule real quick. We got uh, this is these are the dog days for UT. This is gonna be the tough next three weeks. Our next three weekend series are against number 13 Oklahoma State, number eight Texas Tech, and number 12 TCU. So we're playing three top 15 teams. But uh, I mean you were you were about to say it. We do we do have a new number one, and it's the uh, it's the pigs. It's the Razorbacks uh, of Arkansas. Went out and beat, went out and won a weekend series against Texas A&M. They won two out of three. Not, you know, optimal, obviously, especially against a team like Texas A&M, who's not even ranked. But um, uh, the team behind them, Vanderbilt, also had a pretty good week. They took two out of three against Tennessee. Kumar Rocker threw seven shutout innings in game one of that series with eight strikeouts. Uh, the only game that they lost was Lighter's start. Lighter still had a quality start, took the no decision, gave up three earned and six and a third. But, I mean, these top teams are really good. Uh, college baseball is fun again. 
which is which is fun to see. Uh, it's getting a lot more attention than it has in previous years, which I'm excited about. And another team that's entered the top 10 is Notre Dame. How about the Irish up into number 10? How about it? Go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish. Um, Yeah, it's it's really lumped up there. The SEC's got a lot of action. I will say yeah. that. They're SEC and Big 12 are loaded. right up there. Um, Very fun to watch. Good baseball. And that's not to say that Pac-12 is not fun to watch as well. I mean, it's been good. Um, I think this year's college baseball tournament is going to be really good because you're having a lot of guys that could have got that opportunity last year, stayed behind for another year, in addition yeah. to a lot of young guys, at least for ASU, a lot of guys, redshirt freshmen, and true freshmen making up the bulk of your roster. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to finding our way into Omaha, but we can't yeah. stop without talking about Gonzaga's Alec Jacob. Now Gonzaga last week had a little bit of an issue. Their game against Washington state had to get called due to a horrific injury that was sustained by a Gonzaga player uh, ended up having to get ambulanced over to a hospital because he had like a, Kevin Ware type injury, if you know what Kevin mm-hmm. Ware's injury was. Yeah. So that was very suboptimal. Anyway, Alec Jacob of the Bulldogs, team behind his back, no no versus Pepperdine. Pepperdine's a good I mean, they yeah, might not be a, that's the best. they've got some history. Pepperdine might they've got not some be history. the best team right now. But hey, um they are playing in one of the be- most beautiful ballparks in the I probably the most beautiful ballpark. Let's not uh hurt ourselves um, yeah it was yeah. live in malibu uh and it it was fun to watch gonzaga won and How about alec it? jacob have a day young man you threw a no hitter uh gonzaga was him. the former home of asu uh starting pitcher tyler thornton with the last there member of go. the big three that didn't have to get tommy john so hey Shout out to Gonzaga. Might not have won the NCAA tournament in basketball, but hey, Alec Jacob threw a no-no, so let's all rejoice. Um, Yeah, Owen. Uh, is it time for breakout players, or you have a couple more things you want to talk about? I, wanna, I said I was going to talk about UT men's basketball. I am going to talk about UT men's basketball for a second. You said something about Utah. Chris Beard is getting transfers left and right. One of his transfers is Timmy Allen out of Utah. Mm. Yes, his name is Timmy. Not Tim. Uh, he's he's going to be a horn next week. Uh, averaged 17 points and six rebounds last year out in Salt Lake City. So he's a, he's kind of a dog. Uh, had 20 points in their tournament game against USC that they lost in double overtime. So he's a he's a good looking player. And then also Christian Bishop from Creighton. He had a Crazy dunk in the tournament, I remember. He's got insane hops. Uh, the dude is a freak athlete. Also averaged 11.6 rebounds on 68% field goal shooting this past year. Uh, he was a part of that Sweet 16 Gonza- er, Creighton team. And um, in other maybe good news, Kamaka Hepa is not a done deal to leave UT. He oh, has told wow. He has told Chris Beard that he entered the transfer portal to... Look at all of his options, but it is not a given that he leaves UT. He's simply exploring. And you know what? With or without him, we're a good-looking team. I would love to have him back, but our starting five right now is looking good. Timmy Allen and Christian Bishop are going to be alongside, uh, you know, Andrew Jones coming back for another season. Courtney Ramey coming back for another season. Brock Cunningham is coming back for another season off that bench as the glue guy. Super excited for the new era of UT basketball under the helm of Chris Beard. Wow. Uh, I hope you know that when you were talking about 
how UT is a swimming and diving school that I'm just going to overlay the clip of Sam Ellinger saying we're back. Just as just yeah. a meme. Okay. So I'm just going to meme you. No, that's fine. No, that's cool. Baby meme. Yeah. Baby sure. team, baby meme. Yeah, um, cool. I have yep. nothing on the ASU side on basketball besides, you know what? You live and you learn. Love it. Go yeah. for it. Oh, and it's time for our second to closing, our Eve closing segment, Breakout Players of the Week. Um, in review, last week, your breakout player, Zach McKinstry, went 6-for-19 with a home run and three RBIs. My boy Kyle Garlic got COVID. So did they break out in a way? Yes. Yeah. Um, so Owen, I'd say so. It's time. All got? right. My guy, I foreshadowed it earlier. We were talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Kane going on the injured list. I am looking at another outfielder on that team to carry the load offensively in this next week. It's Avisail Garcia, Ooh. former member of the Chicago White Sox oh, this mercy. season. He has a batting average in the 200s and a slugging percentage in the 400s. But you know what? His underlying numbers are great. His expected batting average is actually 351, and his expected slugging percentage is 670, uh, which means his expected OPS is over 1,000. So the numbers say he should be hitting a lot better than what it is showing on the field right now. And he had a 924 OPS this past week anyways. Uh, more walks than strikeouts. He's a guy that doesn't go down easily. He puts the ball in play. I'm looking for him to have a breakout week. Okay, respect that pick. I'm going to go in the AL East. I'm going to go for the Red Sox, and I'm going for Bobby Dalbeck. Look at this kid go, okay? In the last seven days, he's batting 462. Six hits, three doubles. And my favorite stat, Owen, hashtag analytics. He's got a 598 X bacon. What does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? No, it's not pork. It's the expected weighted on-base average on contact. That's a that's a mouthful, isn't it? That is a mouthful. But Can you explain to us? Bobby Dalbeck. Okay, so expected weighted. I need a expected weighted on base percentage, on base average on contact. So it's weighted, meaning that there's a weight to it. Yeah. Kind of overlying. That is what that means. But his average when he gets on base when he makes contact. So not a, not on a walk, not a reaching on an air when he makes contact. That's his expected weighted on base average on contact, and that is 598. That is really good. I'm actually going to pull up the percentile he's in because it's pretty good. He's the number three prospect for the Red Sox, starting with the big club. Um, he's drafted in the fourth round in 2016, but his ex Woe Bacon is in, it, it, I think it's the best in the league. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Um, yeah, there's not even a percentage, so I'm just going to assume that it's the best because it probably is. Might as well. Um, so 598 X Woe Bacon is really good. And just for for poops and giggles, uh, his nice. 20% barrel percentage, that's in the top six percentile of the league. So Bobby Dahlbeck, you are going to have a wonderful, immaculate week. I am praying on it. I am 0 for 2. I'm going to get into positive territory right here with Bobby Dahlbeck, third baseman for the Red Sox. Beautiful. Got to love it. You got to love it. And uh, you know, we're not done with breakout players. We still got no. one more segment on. It's Drum roll please. It's time for your Indian cricketer of the week. We've waited almost 2 hours, in fact 2 hours we've waited just for this exact moment right here. Our Indian cricketer of the week is Kanur Lokesh Rahul, also known as KL Rahul. 
Indian Cricketer of the Week. He was the first Indian to score a century. What's a century, you might ask? He scored 100 runs in a single inning. You're in like, his debut. That makes in his no ODI sense. debut. In his one-day international ODI debut, he scored a century, which is uh, it's like equivalent of hitting for the cycle. Or not, probably yeah. even something bigger than that. I know you're like a hundred runs. That sounds crazy. That okay. Let's put in a put in a perspective here. If you hit it over the fence, that's automatically six runs. If you yeah. hit it to the wall, that's four runs. Yeah. So he did a combination of that ten times to get to a century, and he's only the third Indian to score a century in all three formats of international cricket. That's amazing. His pretty incredible. Another former Indian cricketer of the week, Ribosh Pant had a partnership century with him in this past ODI just in last March. How about that? So Beautiful. what is a relationship, a partnership century? That's when you and somebody else combine for a, a century. So however it was, him and Rabash, they got to a century. So big ups to KL, Kanur Lokesh Rahul, this week's Indian Cricketer of the Week. Beautiful. Gotta love him. Is that how we're finishing it off? I guess so. KL Rahul. Congratulations to him as our Indian Cricketer of the Week. So, a uh, little over two hours here. It was a great episode. We love the MLB to a, a very heavy-hearted extent. It's our favorite. It's my favorite. Um, yes. I'm assuming it's your favorite. It's Avasil Garcia's favorite for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So, of course, we always want to thank you for tuning in to episode 36 halfway to 72 episode 36 of controlled chaos be sure to follow owen on twitter at owen kiska with two eyes make sure you follow me on twitter at woolly zach and you can follow both of us uh and get to our content over at at controlled chaos pod controlled spelled c-n-t-r l-d chaos pod if you're looking for some crazy stats if you're looking for some highlights if you're looking for some memes it's gonna be right there at controlled chaos pod on twitter you'll have access to our link tree where you can access dot chaos radio our weekly playlist which is updated every week 15 songs from owen 15 for me for a grand total of 30 listen to it wherever you go listen to it while you're preparing for finals week listen to it just listen to it so with all that being said, have a great week. Make this week your best week. Keep that same energy, and we will see y'all on Monday. Yeah. Adios. Yeah.